Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Tony chats with managers James Pryor and Stephen Harmon from management company X Division. They discuss what your motive should be when approaching the work, the nature of Hollywood lists, and how to keep your self-worth throughout the struggles of the business, especially during COVID-19. This was previously recorded on May 19, 2020, before the Black Lives Matter protests had begun. So please note, there is no mention of this important and necessary movement in this recorded conversation. Today, ladies and gents, we have the gorilla-chested, python-armed acting coach who helped coin the phrase, or helped me coin the phrase at least, just stop fucking acting. Uh, his classes are a show-stopping mix of Anthony Robbins and Gordon Ramsay, where he gets his students to just simply listen, feel, and react. Tap into your own emotions, be yourself. It sounds very easy, doesn't it? Uh, the testimonial page of his website reads longer than a Chinese phone book. So I'll just grab a few of these star-studded names from there, such as Golden Globe-nominated Shailene Woodley, acclaimed casting directors Amber Horn and David Rappaport, and the Bear Jew himself, Eli Roth. He also developed a tatted-up DJ and MTV VJ into a film star, and now actually formerly Batwoman, that's Ruby Rose, and I once slid his business card into Kaylee Coco's pocket when she asked for an acting coach. He's also credited as a actor, screenwriter, author, director, and producer. It is Anthony Hard Hat Harry Mindell. <laughs> James, this is the best podcast ever. Are you? Is this considered a podcast? I guess so. We don't. It Are doesn't you? get. It doesn't get publicly oh. published. It's a um, in-house. Awesome, you should. I should, shouldn't I? This is going to be the next venture of X Division. It is. It is. That's how we keep um, the lights on when the uh, coronavirus has taken us all down. Yes. Well, you guys are doing better than we are here in America, oh, yeah. but don't get me started. I'm not going to get you started. I actually intentionally wrote off here. I was like, you oh, know what? I am not going to mention the coronavirus around Anthony. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to unleash it. It'll take up our full 15 minutes. It really will. I'm not, I'm not mentioning the environment either. They're the two topics. Okay, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I oh, mean, no, they no. come hand in hand. You yeah, can't have a talking. virus without hey. neglect of the environment. But Don't you get started, Tony. I'm c- keeping yeah, on a leash. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, you all have all, you've suffered through your own fires there recently. So, like, you know of what I speak. You know what I mean? It is. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But we can talk about happier things. We will talk about happier things, won't we? I guess, I guess the easiest place where I've been starting is... Not, it's kind of coronary, kind of it is, but you know, just getting your opinion, you know, when you think, I guess this new, everyone's got this rumored full town, full crazy town casting is going to start when the US kicks back into gear because everyone's just been stockpiling scripts and projects and you know, there's no, nothing, no, um, nothing to watch anymore basically. But on your side, do you have any hot tips on when you're hearing that the castings, I mean, everyone says production is going to be sort of July through to September, but I'm wondering about castings themselves because they obviously have to be done a little earlier yeah i mean i've heard different things i've heard some uh on the dl somebody very close to me said that you know she didn't think it was going to happen production was going to happen until 2021 and that was from a really 
viable source. That was one big company, but that doesn't mean all companies are going to follow suit. Um, but you know, it changes day by day. And certainly in America now, I just, I hadn't looked at the new, I try to do like news breaks. So I don't really, I'm I'm not consuming, you know, the media frenzy of fear all the time. But so I, I do a few days where I'm not checking in, but I saw today, like, you know, the economy must reopen or, you know, we will be in a great depression. So I'm sure things are going to be hastened and trying to move things, you know, along. But um, in the short term, uh, you know, yes, castings are starting to happen. I have some friends, like I just had Amber and Danielle on, uh, on, on Thursdays, I do free Zoom workshops, conversations, whatever you want to call it. And they, their pilot is being picked up and so they're going to start casting. So I don't know if that, that, that doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily do hires, but they're going to start looking through tapes and there's going to be submissions in that aspect. But I don't think until we figure out how to film, you know, I think limited filming could occur where it's like CGI'd or different storytelling <laughs> where you don't have to be intimate with someone. You know what I mean? It yeah. could be really hard. Like how do you make a movie? Filmmaking, the art of acting is the art of intimacy. So I don't think anybody knows. And every day nope. somebody comes up with a different idea, but I'm not convinced anybody knows yet. No, they don't. They don't at all. They don't at all. Because I actually listened. I just finished listening to your um, Amber and Danielle podcast. Oh, yeah. And I had so many things I was going to talk. And I thought, you know what? And you also, you one with Rappaport is amazing too. That, I thought that was one of my favorites you've done. And I thought, I'm going to bring it up. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to direct at the end to tell the guys to go listen to it. Rather, yeah, than, us trying to, to rather than us sure. trying to fumble through and make a mess of trying to talk about what you guys have already talked about. But I guess one of the other things I wanted to ask you was, I guess over my 10 plus years in this business and you're always, it's like this evolution of what you're, you're teaching. I think back of what I was telling people 10 years ago, it's changed so much. And, you know, like you, do you ever look back? I mean, you've got a YouTube library of like a hundred thousand videos on, you must have some special hosting plan with Google cause you've got so many fucking videos <laughs> on there. But did you, has your baseline philosophy always stayed the same or have you sort always. of, has it? Right. Yeah. Always, you have, you, know, you don't, don't look back and go, holy shit. No, no, it's like, you know, I'll say I just posted a photo on Instagram cause I've been having a lot of like pandemic perspective and, you know, contemplating and thinking a lot about, once we get through this in the next phase of my life and, you know, uh, I'm a little bit older than you young, <laughs> cool cats and kittens on here. What is it, 26 uh, years you've been teaching for? 20, uh, uh, well, I've been teaching for 25 years, but I started the school in 1997. Right, right. Whoa. So, uh, so that it's the 23rd anniversary of having the school here in LA. But when you were um, a lot more hippie, you said you were a lot more, you just came back from India and you're like, oh, you're had, yeah. star and you're yeah. a lot more spiritual than you were now. Oh no, I'm still really spiritual. Can't you tell? <laughs> no, um, you don't have the no, beach I mean, neck. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh no. If you're talking about the costuming. Yeah. I totally yeah. went all Bali when I came back <laughs> my first trip to India, but, um, but no, you know what? The core teachings have remained the same, except, you know, I think, Obviously, the world has caught up with that, you know, fun fact, when I first started 25 years ago or so, I was, my best friend used to tell me, like, I was so moony and so out there in a way, like I was talking, you know, about spirituality and about physics, and I was talking about the moment and meditation and Zen and how do we get centered and the flow and all these things that at the time, they were very fringe. And now, like, you know, it's, it's everywhere you look like Nike's ads are built around. Everything is built around the moment and the power of the moment and also the power of being you. 
And so um, I think we're living in a really remarkable time. And I think this pandemic is going to, like all things, is going to bust us open into a whole new stratosphere of like new thinking and, mm. you know, adaptability. And I think our ideas about acting and creati- creativity are going to go with it. Yep, so yep. it hasn't really changed that much, James. Do you think you know? acting's changed much? Or- I think our understanding of acting, A, has changed. Yeah. And the conversations about it, for sure. Like, I was not... The kind of conversations I have with actors all over the world and also famous people talking about acting, including famous people who maybe, you know were trained a very method way, let's say. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any methodology. I think all, all learning is great and all learning sets us, on, sets us on the road to continue evolving. But you have to keep checking in. You have to keep evolving yourself. You know what I mean? You can't, I don't think, get stuck in something that was taught to us. Like, if I think if I was stopped at my learning what acting and life was about when I was in the 10th grade, mm. I wouldn't be doing any of this. You know what I mean? So we have to keep adapting. Yeah, yeah. So I, but I also think the nature of filmmaking has changed, and also look at where we're at right now. Like, the nature of filming is going to be coming off of self tapes. Pre-pandemic, it was happening before that, and it's going to stay this way for, I would think, probably for a long, long time. Like, part of it is always going to remain this way now, which is kind of weird and unfortunate. Like there's nothing more powerful than being in the room with somebody and seeing them in real time, mm. take an adjustment or work with an actor. Yeah. But I think a lot of castings are going to become localized and you guys are going to be booking off tape. And mm. so I think again, you know, booking off of tape is also the essence of you. Um, and so I think our prism of through which we understand acting is starting to like really open up and it's exciting. It is. I've also noticed that one thing which is positive, I've noticed that everyone's talking about taping, but I've also noticed that offers and create um, casting directors just creating lists and going off this list has been a lot more commonplace in the uh-huh. last bit. Like I know, yes. yeah, I'm sure with Amber and Danielle, when you were talking about the Ted Bundy role, they're just going, they just got a list. They're going to go hit their list, right? Well, they do. Lists have been around forever. And when I first moved to LA in 1997 and I was acting and, uh, you know, I heard about the lists and I also was taking meetings with all the like, sorry, I'm boring you guys with these old stories, but I don't talk about my, like, I have really funny stories about. Oh, this is all about storytelling, by the way. This is not like, because I figure that everyone, if they want to know about your philosophies and your teaching, there'll be a little bit of that, then they might ask questions. But there's so many resources for you available online. You want to hear about what Anthony's about? Go to YouTube, Anthony Mundell. You can sit there for weeks, seriously, and you can just digest. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. oh my God. But sorry, well, sorry. Go back to your list. More digestible size on Instagram, like 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But please but, tell me, what, what about well, your scary no, list? The lists. lists have been around, you know, you guys, here's the thing, not to panic anybody on here because lists change. And again, I think this coming out of this pandemic who the hell knows? I think the world is, you know, when I first started teaching 20 some years ago, like there were not a lot of well-known Aussie actors. There were not actually, there were a couple well-known Aussie actors and like, like actors that were series regulars or, you know, very few of them came from any other markets besides the U.S., And nowadays it is so international. So again, it's starting to show like things are, you know, things change, but there are lists for writers and directors and producers and showrunners and actors. And there's just lists. And these lists are about 
people who have a certain street cred about them. But what's amazing about it is if you're not on a list yet, it doesn't matter because people can get on a list by breaking through. And that's the beautiful thing about the business and the world we're living in now is that more and more people are breaking through by a DIY world. Or just maybe you get the luck of the draw and you book a job. But yeah, lists are real things, you know, and the agencies, here's the thing in answer to your question, like, yes, they will go to the list first. Yeah. And then Amber and Danielle are also amazing actor uh, advocates. So they will go to list, but then they will bring in people that they think are just incredible actors who are not, you know, they're casting a movie of mine and pre pandemic we were in castings and we were relying on lists, but we were also relying on them bringing in actors who were really incredible, who are not famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That blew my mind. So, you know, I think it's exciting. So yes, there are lists. And if you're not on one, we'll create our own list. Create <laughs> is, the X Division list. There's funny, isn't it? There's lists. There's the famous people list, like you said. And then yeah. there's the list of actors who aren't famous, but have done good work. And yeah. then, so they get brought in. They're those people who are on the cusp of things. They've done great auditions in the past. And then the third stage is let's open it up to self tapes and auditions and stuff. It's like that, you know, you're working your way down the totem pole type thing. And it usually producers usually want to see it all. Like, yes. Do you, do you find that from your perspective? You're like, yeah, I mean, wait, how do you mean James? Like say, well, say that last question. Well, like producers want to see it all. Producers are like, okay, cool. Show oh, me, yeah. show me Zach Efron and show me the big guys. Cool. And then show me some guys who are great and then find me some unknowns. Let's see what we want. Let's have a look. Because yes, because you know, what's exciting about this for everybody on here is, People are excited about breaking people, hmm. meaning like everybody on here, I know a lot of people on here and I know a lot of them are working and have been on shows or whatever, but, but producers and directors love finding talent. Even if you've, you've done like a guest star arc or maybe even if you've been a series regular on a show, but it's not like, you know, Game of Thrones or something, hmm. they, directors love discovering talent. And that is also what's exciting about the business. So you know, you can be on a show for three years and you're making good money, but that doesn't mean you're only going to stay at that level. Like, I think it just gives you, it opens doors to new opportunities. Yeah. So again, like for as much as somebody says like, you know, for as much as there are the qualifiers that you're not on list, you don't have credits or you're, you're green or you, you haven't been on a show yet, all that can change tomorrow. And that to me is exciting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And I think everyone wants to be someone's first, don't they? It's the favorite. And then they can always say, oh, I was, I had yeah. that guy first. I had it. I found him. I, I noticed in yeah, LA, it's no, very, for sure. Yeah. It's actually very different between different territories. In Australia, it's actually funny. People actually don't like, we don't like to find people for Australian projects. We like to bring big people back. Whereas uh -huh. America, and I even, I had a casting director from McGregor Casting on last week and we chatted and he was more excited about telling stories about people that he brought back. Whereas I know, and I asked him a question, I said, who's the biggest star you ever broke? Or who's the big guy? And in America, everyone's got that story, right? Every casting director, every director's like, oh my God, I'll, let me tell you, I found Tom Cruise. I was the guy. And everyone gets so yeah, excited yeah. about it. We're in Australia. They don't have, they don't. It's, that's not a fun story. They want to talk about the time they brought Guy Pearce back and brought it, put him on their project. But oh, so it's two different, yeah. two different um, takes, um, which is, that's what I love about the American market. You guys are just so open about seeing, you just want to find the best person. That's it. But, yeah, it's true. And you know, I just, somebody popped into my mind. I have an actress who had zero credits, you guys. And like, um, maybe she had like one co-star or something like that. Don't quote me on it, but she, she really, she actually was the taper in my masterclass. Like she was in classes at our LA studio, but she wasn't even at a master level yet. Mm. And she would 
tape. So we have, in, um, we have people who want to volunteer to be taping like my lectures and the class. And she was also um, working as an intern in a casting office, which I highly advocate for people on here. I mean, not now because everything's closed, but when things get up and running again, it's really great. The, one of the best training grounds, I think, besides being in class or being on set all the time is if you're working the camera in a big casting office, you start to see, oh, okay, really there's no formula, there's no rule, and there's no right way to audition. It's you see people, famous people tank, you see uh, people who have no experience kill it and they don't get the job. So you start, it demystifies the process. But anyway, she ended up getting uh, the lead, one of the leads in this new Netflix show called Hentified, which was a big hit here in America. And it's partly in Spanish and it just got renewed. I just, I saw her just uh, announce that it's coming back for season two and zero credits. And she's gone from like nothing to the lead in a show, you know? So this happens to me a lot, I mean, to actors that I'm working with in this market now. Is that your and biggest a lot fear? of Aussies, a lot of Aussies, you guys. It's really great to be an Aussie actor. It is, yeah. isn't it? We've got a really, we've got a good reputation over there. <laughs> is yeah. she your biggest you really zero? really do. Is she your biggest zero to hero client? Oh no, I have a lot of zero to heroes. Hold Come on, on. that was one of my- Izzy Grester, who is, yeah. had a one-liner. I'm not gonna name names, but Izzy Grester, this is another great story. I could, this girl was so amazing and I would tell agents and managers about her all the time. They're like, oh, we like her. But she, by that time she was like 29, she had zero credits. They're like, what am I gonna do with this 29 year old girl? And I was like, y'all wait, this girl <laughs> is like so amazing. She is gonna break out. Sure enough, she started with one, maybe even just one word, like Stolichnaya on <laughs> Shameless, one word. She had like a line. And then they loved her so much, they brought her back and she became a fan favorite and did like five seasons as a series regular. She played Svetlana on <laughs> Shameless, the American version. And like, you know, now she has a, a pretty sustainable, pretty big career, like from one line yeah. and, and really suffering. Like she was, she's a white woman, <laughs> not in her, in 19 years old. She was in her early thirties. Yeah, right. So it, it's also like, if you're taking notes, you guys, if you get on set, become friends with the writers because that not, not doing it like disingenuously, but the writers are the people to really get to know because if the writers like you, they will keep writing for you. Yeah. And yeah. they'll just write and write and write. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you're like the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I have so many zero to hero stories. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. I think Ruby, Ruby Rose was one for me where it was like, yes, but where she the, just, did that come yeah. from? Oh, was it all, well, was it Triple X was her first? Was that her film breakthrough? Uh, no, she did that. I mean, her first was Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, know? that's right. Yep, 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 yep. I don't know. It's weird because I was just talking to David and uh, he and I are going to talk. But, you know, she got injured on Batwoman. Yeah, so she fucked probably, herself. She broke her yeah, back she, or something, didn't she? Yeah, she, she was paralyzed really, herself? She had a, yeah, something yeah. really bad. So I haven't talked to her yet. So I don't know what's gone down. But, like, you know, maybe she's realized life is too short to take. You guys, here's the thing. Like, it's great to be a working actor but it's not going to solve your life challenges and it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like no job is worth the, you know, the robbing of your soul and sanctity and peace of mind and just to get work. It's just mm. not. And I'm not saying that job was that I'm just saying like, if you, she was doing her own stunts on that show. Cause I think she wanted to, she's totally sporty and like in shape, mm. but you know, you don't want to go back to doing something that maybe puts your life at risk. So I think it, I hope the pandemic is giving us a better 
perspective on acting. Yeah, I think so. I think, so. Is it, but you know, you, you talk a lot about the desperation and yeah, that side of things, just wiping that all out. And, but, and I think about this all the time as well. I'm like, just go in there and be cool. It's just an audition, but there's no other, I don't know many other jobs in the world that you get. And it's like winning the lottery. Yeah, and it's really yeah. hard. It's really hard not to put, you know, I often say that one of the great joys that I have about having this job and I enjoy is because I can change people's lives so dramatic and change their whole family's lives. There's people, you know, who have broken. And it's like, you didn't just change my complete, my family's trajectory now has completely shifted because I've now have a role on film. Tele- I mean, such a substantial amount of money and it's not just me, it's generations in the future will be changed. And um, I think that's one of the most difficult things for an actor to, let go of and you know if you get a job at the PricewaterhouseCoopers and an accountant you're like woo I just fucking won the lottery it's not like if you get a book a major film role or a major TV role it's really and I don't know how you can I don't know if you've ever had advice and thought of it in that perspective about how people can just go you know what's cool and just let it go like that well but James I think you brought up a good point you guys especially for maybe the young men on here I have this happen a lot in America like one mm. guy at our Atlanta school like uh, he he mentioned this thing and like i think it's a it's a very uh male thing where he wants to become breakthrough or become famous to provide and support for his family mm. and i think that's so altruistic and amazing and beautiful but you can't do it for anybody but yourself and your yeah. responsibility is not to do it for somebody else but yourself. Mm. It doesn't work that way. Like if you get lucky and you break through because some of it has to do with luck, you know what I mean? And then you can provide for people, that's great. But that cannot be the reason why you're acting. It's not, Mm. it's, my God, that sets you up for so much pressure and so much. So for each person who has broken through and done that, that's amazing. But then you don't see how like, you know, the sidewalk is littered with people who've had that intention. No, I mean, I think like, I think then it also becomes a burden on your back. And mm. it's, it's a thing that we pick up on. It's a desperate thing because you're not doing it for the joy of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things that I still am unraveling at my age, 52, uh, <laughs> I look a little younger with this stash, but is trying not to do things anymore for these parts of myself that I have to do for myself. Mm. You don't have to do things, kids, for your mom and dad to love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's you, true. Yeah. We do things because we're trying to fill the holes that somebody pierced in us at a certain age, for some of us, some of us maybe have a very clear understanding of why we act. Mm. I can only speak for myself and maybe some people on here can relate. So for some of you who are like, I've always wanted to be an actor, I know I'm an actor, that's amazing. And there's nothing wrong with some of you who are also trying to find your way through it and discovering through this process of self-love and self-appreciation, you're gonna get to a purer form of yourself in the work and you're gonna stop doing it for the validation of other people including your parents. Yeah. And you still, and, and you still, and actually, I think it actually gets hot. Like the pressure builds as you get closer to the, to that sweet, sweet nectar, you know, the pre- yeah. if you get a couple of test deals and you've missed out on a few, when you get the next one, it's like fucking Atlas on your shoulders. And it's like, I know that that's one of the things that you deal with is, um, and your coaching is how to take that weight off and just bring it back to, Hey, it's not about that ticking that box. It's about you doing it because you love the art, not so much about, getting that final validation that you, yeah, you've got, cause there is a validation I think as well that people like when they finally get the role, it's like it, you're accepted into the club. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the weird thing about being an actor at some level, even when we start to work through our, you know, our personal demons and the things that we have to like overcome. There's always, as an actor, we're in this business and this creative form of sharing ourselves and wanting people to receive us. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the more you get rejected. It is really a bit of like, holy hell, this is really like I'm taking the hits. But again, every actor that I've worked with or any actor that I admire that when you read about their journeys, it was littered with, like I always like to say that Mark Ruffalo quote, which I love, he was banging around for 10 years in LA and nobody gave him the time of day. Like he was just like hustling and trying to get work. And then he finally went into this casting office like 10 years into his experience in LA and the casting director was like, Oh my God, who are you? And where have you been? And he's like, (laughs) I've been here this entire time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. So I think, you know, sometimes I see a lot of young, beautiful faces on here. And I think like you have to be in it for the long haul. Mm. I keep coming back, you know, Jason, we were talking about earlier. I was thinking this the other day when I first moved to LA and I was meeting, I was working a lot in New York. And so the transition for me, I was working a lot theatrically and I was working a lot commercially. And, and then I tested for a couple shows and my trajectory was pretty like, had I continued on, I'm sure I would be working. You know, I'm not saying I'd be famous, but I was testing and I was getting show, uh, getting shows and stuff like that. But I remember I would do the rounds of meeting with casting directors. A lot of casting directors would talk to me about the list, but they would also say, you know, it takes about five or six years until somebody breaks through in LA, mm-hmm. moving there. Yeah, so yep. you have to, and that, that was, my God, 20 years ago. So yes. we, I think it's around at least seven years now. It has to be, yeah. yeah. You cannot hang your head if you've just started and it's not, it's not all lining up yet. It's not supposed to. No, no. It's a, I, I'm using like a, a Stephen laughs at me because I use sports analogies for everything. But I talk about um, now being... You know, working in on in commercial film and television is like playing in the NFL, and it, I think it's hilarious when people literally come off and they're ready to go and they haven't even played in fucking peewee football and they're like, "I'm ready to play in the NFL. I'm going linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. I want to be on Riverdale." And you're like, "Well, you know, it's like let's uh let's do a little guest like guesties and co-stars step. and yeah. short films. Yeah. That's like working yeah. your way through the college levels and stuff. You got to get yeah. there, and that takes like you said, it takes seven years and um and there's there's hardly any other like and again going back to it there's hardly any other profession where all of a sudden you can just jump from and people do it they jump from being nothing sitting on the couch do an audition and next thing they are the linebacker for the los angeles Chargers, in effect but that doesn't that's not the path for most people but most people think it is yeah i think it's i don't think there's any overnight sensation you know what i mean it takes takes time it takes a long time but again that doesn't mean People on here, I've worked with a lot of these people on here, yeah. like super talented people. Yep. The right audition, the right role, and you just go in and kill it, like you can get the job. But, you know, I'm like looking at Jordan here who's on the show and like, you know, I, I think the thing too is sometimes actors think that once they get on the show, it's like, ah! <laughs> and that is never also going to be, it's just getting on a show, everybody is at a different level, including Jennifer Aniston or Reese Witherspoon or Jennifer Lawrence or Ryan Gosling. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is like, I guess this is, that's at the top. But I guess even like Martin Scorsese, he's at the top and it took him 30 years to make, um, what was his last movie? The, um, the what's it called? The, not the Italian, the something. Yeah. One yeah. of the mob ones. Yeah, one of the mob ones. Irishman, Irishman. Irishman, yeah. yeah. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Okay. The so, thing that went I for three hours. Jordan. 
Yeah, the three-hour um, movie that had one hour of interesting part to it. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on that, but <laughs> I will say it took him 30 years, and this is Martin Scorsese who hmm. has like you know, a filmography this long. So my point is is having success on shows uh, or on a movie is a great stepping stone to the next thing. And it may open the doors for you to get new meetings and access to different projects, mm. but it's still all, you know, everybody is still climbing that ladder. Dude, everyone's chasing it. it. Everyone's chasing a dragon, even Leo. Yeah. And it's funny when you get to a certain level, you start chasing, you start running from, um, fucking hand grenades. Cause if you, when you get to Gosling's level, you want two bad films, it's done. It gets to a different game. You can't just oh, take well, that's it. That's true too. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's You're chasing right. it. Everyone's got a dragon. That's they're why they're scared. They're scared of like, like I read that article about Jennifer Lawrence cause she did Red Sparrow. I thought mm -hmm. she was good in that movie, but then yep. she did another, she did that movie and like another movie that were total bombs. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden for a 27 year old two time Oscar winner, it becomes, is she marketable? Is she bankable anymore? Is she a value? It's so ridiculous. That's yep. not on the back of the actor. Fuck yeah. that. Sorry if I can say no, that. You can That's say fuck. How, you can fucking you guys, yeah. That is also how reducible actors are in this business. So you have to, you have to be resolute in your own self-worth and self-esteem because this business, as great as it is, also doesn't give a shit because they will just move on. It's it's ultimately about numbers in that regard. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. yeah, so. Everyone's it's good. Stuff. Everyone's chasing. Like everyone's chasing a dragon. And it's I should funny. have had a margarita before. We no, it's this. cool. It's okay. fine. And it's also it's interesting that doing a self tape and audition and doing that acting, it doesn't change. It the, the job doesn't change when you go. It doesn't become this magical fantasy world when you get on set. Like it doesn't get Hell any. Hell no. It doesn't get any better, does it? It doesn't get any better. You're doing the same thing. It's funny. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's well, the listen. Same I also thing. have. Listen, I want everybody to, because these are also stepping stones, because getting what you want also can help you uh, have awareness around what you don't want anymore. Mm. And I think that's a really powerful aspect of being a creator. You know what I mean? And again, it's all relative, but I have lots of students who are leads on shows and, you know, after a season or two, they're like, holy hell, this is not what I thought it would be. Yep. Again it pays the mortgage and it's great learning and it's great networking and it's opportunity and it gives you, you know, forward moving momentum. But again, I think we have to keep working on well-rounded creative lives mm. and yeah. look at all you people. I want to hear from you all, but like, why are you waiting for the job? Yeah. No job is going to solve any, any, it's not going to solve it. It's not the problem solver. You know what I mean? What does yeah. Jim Carrey say? Jim Carrey says, I hope everybody becomes rich and famous so that they realize that it's not the answer. I love it. <laughs> it's not. It's true. You know it's mean? not. But what do you think this, what do you think that switch is? Like you see it all the time when people, and I see it all the time as well, when someone's doing stuff and then it's like a light goes off and it's like casting directors talk about when someone comes in the room, they own the space. But I guess now with self-taping stuff, you can still see when someone owns the fucking space when they do it. But it's I don't. Just, yes. It's, what is it? Yeah. You just, you, you just said it. You own the fucking space. You yeah. guys, even if, it's horrible. There's something really powerful about somebody coming in and like taking a shit on the stage. It really is about giving zero ox. Yep. Sorry, is that like a 12 year old That's on here? He What's really the story you tell about Brian? What's the thing you tell about Brian Cranston? Freddie, Freddie, how old are you? Oh, sorry, don't tell your parents. I'm hey, sorry. he's he's British, mate. They they um okay. they swear right. for breakfast. Okay. <laughs> Get out of your fucking bed, Freddie. <laughs> Um, what's the, what's the Brian Cranston story you tell with Brian on stage in New York? Well, 
Um, well, I mean, I went and saw, I had the great honor of seeing Brian Cranston in Network mm. on Broadway, right? And again, uh, I mean, that performance, I mean, he won the Tony Award. That performance was like out of sight. And I saw it six months into the run or something. It was close to the end, right? Mm. And like also comparing his work to some other people uh, who was sharing the stage with him, you can see when somebody is totally in the moment, totally there, totally just inhabiting and living everything, like leaving nothing to chance, yeah. so committed and in the moment, right? And I, he was like emotionally so affected, like bawling and like it was so emotionally raw. And then I went back and read the New York Times article that had come out like six months prior to opening night. Yeah. And they talked about how visceral and in the moment and emotionally available and raw he was. So over six months time, he was still not phoning it in. He was yeah. still alive. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about why are actors not trained to live in that? That's all we have. This pandemic is showing us if nothing more, how much we're asleep to our own lives because it could be over tomorrow. Yeah. And why are you going into an audition overthinking the way you want to do it? I mean, we should talk about the brass tacks of it. I mean, mm -hmm. we're kind of getting there now. But like, you guys, there's nobody but yourself. And you, all you can bring to a role is your interpretation of it. And we underestimate how fucking difficult that is and how powerful that is. And every casting director that I know of who's amazing, which is pretty much all of them, all say the same thing that I've been teaching. They say it in a slightly different way, but they were like, they say things like, we want to see you. We want to see the way you would do it. We want to see your take on it. We want to see your interpretation of it. So that means you how would you say these lines? And I cannot stress this enough, but actors get into trouble. I have this self-tape in class and some people have been on here. Elkira, uh, 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 yeah, I can't ever say her name, sorry. sorry. She was in it and we were talking about it, like how Derek was in it. Like we, the playing of the idea yeah. of the breakdown of the character is what fucks you all up. Because, and that fucks every actor up because we have an idea of what we think somebody who says these things is supposed to sound, look like, walk and talk, but that's conceptual and you have to, and that's part of the process. You're going to have your imagination and you're going to learn the lines a certain way and all that is the prep work, but then you have to be willing to throw all that out and live the pandemic you, which is <laughs> We pray, we pray prayer for the pandemic and then you deal with what's happening. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a completely different distinction, but actors are not often taught to do that. And then when you do, there's something alive in your work that I think most actors miss that mark. They do. And you know, I, I just want to say, sorry, yeah. James, I want to say one other right. thing like David, or I think it was David, or I actually brought in a, a, a really great manager a couple weeks ago, Jeff Maroney, who I've known for 20 years. Um, he's at Atlas Management. He's also a producer now. And he said, he said, any actor can go in and just read the lines. And if, if any, if all of you guys did that, they wouldn't, they don't care because there's no imprinting of who you are then on the lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any trained clown can do that. It's not hard. What makes you stand out is this is how I choose to do this. Mm. And that takes balls. It does. And sometimes you're, not, sometimes you're not going to be right for it too. You're not. You're not. And that's, but, but the oh, more you do that, you're going to win fans. That's you, how it Yeah, works. you win fans. Yeah. Because I, I, I had a really, um, a really great conversation with a client last week. We are talking about that. 
and I guess it's talking about this range thing, right? Everyone's got this, this I fucking hate the word range. It's like, it's the bane of my existence right now for actors because everyone wants range. And you talk about it all the time where someone goes, but your Queen Phoenix, uh, Brad Pitt, he did a funny movie and then he did this and he did that. And you're like, Hey, it's fuck. It's a different stratosphere. You can't, I hate anyone who's not a major film star where we've got 12 offers on the table. Anyone who's yeah. known that level, you can't compare yourself. It's a different, it's a whole, it's like comparing a, like it's, it's like comparing yourself as an actor to an electrician. It's a completely different job. It doesn't make sense being that level and being a normal actor in terms of roles and offerings and all that sort of shit. But it's like you always say, it's, it's like they're still themselves. Like they are still a cast of themselves. It's not, no one has this range where they can do every, I don't know. I can't say it well, but I, I want no, you to you say do, it. Yeah. You see it. But I think you guys also, if you look at people's work and we're in quarantine, so people, you've been watching a lot of stuff, you start to see, oh, it's the same mannerisms and the same behaviors and the same, that doesn't mean that they're not brave and honest and beautiful and vulnerable. You just see, there's only so many ways the human being can be human, although that is also, also contradictorily infinite. Yeah. But I think what you start to lean on is Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt and everything he does. Mm. Daniel Day-Lewis is Daniel Day-Lewis and everything he does. Sometimes he's playing a quadriplegic and other times he's playing like a refined aristocrat. It doesn't matter. It's still always coming and being filtered through him. Yep. So the real work is how do we be more brave interpreting ourselves through these characters and showing that to someone? Yeah. I think we get scared because we think there's a right way or this is what they're looking for. You guys, they don't know what the F they're <laughs> looking for. They would see you if you were, you don't need more confidence to be an actor. You just need more courage. Mm. That's all it is. You don't even have to be that fucking great of an actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> you do not. Yeah. I also teach from this place of, I don't, I'm working on another new book. Let's, I feel like that's all I do is like write books, but I kind of love it. But like this idea of the craft of acting, which is a word that we use a lot, that to me is I don't really understand it, even though I've been teaching forever. To be a craftsman really is to be down in the dirty and the working of stuff. And the working of stuff is what you're doing also when you go into the room. But we live in a culture and a cult of having everything manufactured so perfectly you don't give yourself any sort of uh, space to kind of fall apart. And it's actually the falling apart that makes it the most interesting. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. I guess Nobody I taught me these things when I was 20. So I was always erring on the side of perfection, which meant dull, boring, not real and actory. If yeah. somebody had told me you can go in as your imperfect self and make mistakes and be human, they're going to give you an adjustment because they're going to see something exciting about you. Yeah. And also be yeah. cool that be cool that you're not right for it. Just be fine with that. Like that's, some, all, that's right. That's right. You, you have to be, cause sometimes you walk into, sometimes you go to a script and you read it and you'd be like, Whoa, this isn't me. But you still got to put the audition down. But the best thing you can do is just do your version of it. Even if you know, it's not maybe what they're looking for. I, I think it's, but if you do a really true, honest job of it, people go, Oh, that was fantastic. It's not what we're looking for. But fuck. They're a good actor. They're good. I think it's also like the numbers game. You know, if you guys yeah. are really great managers and you get, your clients in the rooms and like your job actors is not to um, uh, recast the role with who you see in the waiting room, whether it's <laughs> literal or figuratively, you don't know that Ryan Gosling is going to get the role. You mm. don't, your job is not to be like, well, I'm not really, I, this isn't really my type. I just, I don't see it. <laughs> your job is to go in and just do it. And then if you are doing you, 
and doing it honestly, they're going to be like, oh my God, you know what? He's not right for this, but he is right for this. Yeah. That's to me how it happens. That's exactly, it's, it's how it happens, not to you. Yeah. That's, the, that's the gospel, Tony. Wow. Preach. You're like, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> ask any questions that's right. like, I, was, I was just about so to jump on okay, that you guys are like here i feel like they're all like asleep right now so that's why i'm like please james ask let, no, they're not. ask questions no they're or all maybe they're scared i'm always like this by the way come on guys throw something out there you can either unmute come your on, microphone and join the table or you can um type it in you guys i'm moving to australia i've had it with america oh Buat's in I don't, yeah, no, I, just, I don't know where I'm moving yet. I think I'm moving to London probably, but I mean, whatever, don't hold me to it. You don't make emotional decisions during a pandemic. You do not, but I miss right, my Aussies. Tell come, me. On, J- come on, J2, what you got for us? Come on. Uh, it's both. just, yeah, it's just really interesting. Like I just had class, um, what was that, yesterday or whenever, what whatever day. With? Oh, Jordan, you are, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm over okay. here. Okay, oh, hi, Jordan, okay. Oh, sorry. here we go. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, the whole range discussion is, you know, the what I went through literally in, um, you know, when I went to university, the whole idea was to break us down so we could do anything, right? And that was kind of like what we all ways thought of the program before we went into it. And then when we came out of it, we were like, oh man, we went through a lot and we have all this range, but then we forget to really... Um, know who we are so we can put our best self into whatever role it is. So I think of these things that are like, like just for example, you know, I heard that that Hercules is going out there and whoever, whatever thought of whoever's casting or whatever, but it's like, sure, maybe they won't look at me or maybe they will, but that's not my job. My, it's like, oh man, you know what? If I were to do something like a Hercules, cause I love Disney, then I would just do it this way. And I would try it this way. And I might not even ethnic, ethnically be even close to what they're looking for, but that's not my job. It's to literally look at what I can do with it. That's so right. it's really good. Well, Jordan, yeah, you can't get in the head of the casting or the executives or the producers. And you guys, I mean, Jordan, you made me think of something that I think is this is really important to remember. You guys, the actual business of acting is not very creative. And you have to get this so that you can go in and kill it and have a great read. And because of all these variables, I mean, I know you know this, but I cannot keep saying it enough. And here is a fun fact. I, in the, in the 1990s, when I was living in New York City, the original Angels in America uh, got produced on Broadway, okay? And then, then, and it was a huge hit. It won all the Tony Awards. Then they made it into the, um, uh, the HBO series with, um, oh, fuck. Well, anyway, everybody, oh, God, what's her name? I love her so much. She's the English actress, okay? Won all the awards that year, the Emmy Awards. Now, this past year, they revived it again on Broadway. And here's the crazy ass thing about it. They basically cast the same looking people that they had cast from 20 freaking years ago. Now that is a shame to me. It's a shame. But this is why, this is kind of the sort of cookie cutter, homogenized, dare I say, Disneyfication of shit that we have, and I'm not saying that wasn't a good production. I'm not saying that the actors weren't good. We have to be able to differentiate. Get what I'm saying? This is a really salient point, is especially in American consumerism, also in Australia, because Australia is very Americanized in a way. They want you to, to only see the things that you're accustomed to seeing that does not make you think something else. So it's sort of like a lobotomized way of being creative. 
And I thought, how sad that they couldn't, why can't they cast that role as a black person? And why can't they? So I think we have to keep remembering, you all on here could kill it at an audition, but the, the, the network, which is in, you know, answering to OPEC oil or some like you, the boss of the company nowadays of the entertainment companies are like, is like BP oil. You don't even realize that. It's like it's CEOs making corporate decisions. So we have to remember, it's not always an artistic game that we're in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always say that um, I've come to the thing. I reckon that 20% is your acting. Every 80% is shit that's yeah. way out of your control. It's yeah. like, like you said, it's luck. It's whether the right, it's, it's um, what do they say? Creativity is death by consensus. And, but all this shit is by consensus, especially the bigger the show, the bigger the film, the more consensus there is. And you have to have 20 people agreeing on the choice. And there's just so much. And the only thing that an actor can control is like this little tiny piece of the pie. So you better do that piece of the pie really fucking well. <laughs> Well, this is, but this is also speaks to maybe Jordan, what you were speaking of too, but this is also then the aspect of how the business types you all. So yeah. I know it can be reductive and boring and you guys are creative beings and you're more than just your type, but because of the corporatization aspect of what I just talked about, you also have to kind of book jobs within your type. Then you can leverage a career in breaking past that. That's yeah. the only way still, even though Hollywood is making progress it is still so slow here. Yeah, I, mean, I, say, I say that to um, a lot of people who are just starting out. I say, find your, find your strength. Find your niche. Get, get all your teeth and put all your chips in the table. Don't be like, and I actually, the client who I was talking to, he's on the call and he's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had this great thing. We were like, what's your strength? That's it. And he's like, but I want to be doing this and I need to have it. So then when this role comes, I can do this. And I said, no, no, fucking, that's not the thing. There will be someone better who will be that niche who will get it over you. You have to find your strength. What's that? Okay, double down on that. Find what that is because that's going to be, that's your strongest area. That's the part you're going to fight the best in when you're going up against, what is it, 5,000 people down to two feet, you know, the crazy stats. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But James, I think you and Steven really remind your clients this and that's why you guys are doing so well. You guys are doing really well. Like, you know, I, I have um, some manager friends who actually, weirdly enough, represent a lot of famous, like big Aussie actors here in the mm -hmm. States. And I remember a lot of, he was telling me, this one guy was telling me that right after the Joker came out, yeah. all of these big male actors, not just the Aussie actors, but all their big male clients, and they have a few would call, we're calling them up and like, why can't you get me a role like the Joker? <laughs> and my friend who's also is so brilliant, like what you guys are saying, he's like, you know what? Why? The Joker is going to come along once a millennia. Yeah. And he's right. <laughs> It's like, why don't we just focus on you being the most authentic you you can be? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> these, are, these are the reps you guys need. You guys, you have great people in your ears here. So I'm just yeah. giving you guys a shout oh, out. Thanks, I appreciate I really it. Do respect, I respect you guys and it's not easy. No, it's not. Are you actors? Come on, let's give them a silent applause here. Hello, hello. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Some of them are like, <laughs> hey, Peter's, <laughs> Peter's drop your ass. Peter's asked a question. And he said that okay, we were talking yes. about the uh, list before. And he said the DIY world. And he said, can you expand on what DIY means? Well, I just think DIY is do it yourself. <laughs> Listen, 
everybody on here has a great idea. The problem is, is you think the idea has already been done and it's already been done better. No, it hasn't. Do you watch Netflix? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's some great things and there are some not great things, just like there are is everywhere. And there's enough for everybody. So maybe I'm not necessarily at my age anymore drawn to like high school teen drama. Sometimes I am because I feel like I'm a teenage girl sometimes. <laughs> but like, so what? So then you, I think the thing is, is you've got to create the thing you wish existed yes. so everybody on here while James and, and Stephen are getting you auditions once it opens up again why are you not getting together with a couple friends I'm like writing stuff or you've had this long incubated story in your mind or maybe you're not a writer that's okay I'm not trying to, to you know uh, farm you out to do something you don't do then you talk with a friend like you know I got this really great idea what if you write it you know I think it's the low-hanging fruit this this is the community here and I've, I've had so many students who maybe didn't break through in acting the way they thought they would, but acting has led them to a lot of other creative uh, openings mm. that if you're saying no to it, you know, you're sort of like, I don't know, yeah, to your own detriment in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I do think the gatekeepers are going to keep changing. And I think, again, you know, the word on the street is a lot of acting is going to go to less famous people in the short term. So that may be a great opportunity for you guys because famous people are not necessarily going to be taking jobs. First of all, here's what I know. Mm. Famous people are not necessarily, unless they're bankrupt and they need to get working right away, they're not going to be taking jobs right away. Mm. Um, you know, Jennifer Lopez doesn't need a job. So she's not necessarily going to be post-COVID. We're not going to be in a post-COVID world for a while anyway. So why would she take risks being on set? She probably mm. isn't right away. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is I don't know insurance companies are going to insure for COVID. So this is a, this is going to be a challenge. So the meaning to be bonded. So now in Australia, maybe production companies aren't bonded, but in the U S big movie companies are going to be bond the movie for insurance so that the movie can be greenlit. So that means if let's say, let's say I was a director on the movie and I had, I got sick then they could shut production down, not at losing money, millions of dollars a day until I got better again, right? Mm. But I, I've heard talking to a producer, the insurance companies are not going to provide that COVID bond. So what is that gonna mean? So that may mean smaller productions of things for people who aren't famous and you're taking, I don't wanna say a risk, but yes, it would be a health risk to be on a movie set where it's not being bonded or insured and there is no liability against you getting sick. Yeah, But I think these are the, so it's exciting in a way. Again, I'm not advocating that anybody on here should take a job and put themselves at risk because young people can get sick and die from this. We have to keep that in, you know, a lot of people are dying, you know, we, we forget that. So I think, I, I just went off on a tangent, but I think these are, I do think we, there is going to be more work for people who are not famous yeah. because in the short and longer term, famous people aren't necessarily going to be taking those jobs. Yeah, it's true. And I think, and yeah, getting better, do it yourself world. So, so it's exactly what you oh, said. Oh, yeah, I didn't Yeah, yeah, no, no, no that's did. right. Yeah, I you did. did, you did, you did. And yeah. it's just, yeah, making your own content, creating your own content. And because there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? You don't have to just get it through a casting process. It's not the only way to book a job. People can see. I mean, there's so many shows you guys at watch that was generated by somebody who was like, just took, you know, just decided to take back their power and do something for themselves or their friends. And I, listen, the other great thing is, is the networks and more and more platforms are wanting content. So content is like 
I mean, do you know how many channels there are? I mean, in America, like <laughs> also in Australia, but like it's insane. Not in America, it's shows. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So Walmart is going to have its own channel. Did you know that? Like yeah, there's definitely that, yeah. pretty soon everybody's going to have BP oil. <laughs> the X Division. <laughs> I mean, they all do. X Division will have its yeah. own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we do. I mean, I'm doing my own stuff. You do yeah, your you own are. stuff. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that everyone tries to hide, especially creatively, everyone tries to hide behind their red. Oh my, I've got a red scarlet. Oh, I can't film this because I don't have Da Vinci coding to do the color grading and all this shit. Oh, but it's like, it's like a great, you could give like, go back to Scorsese, give Scorsese an iPhone and put him with a couple of great actors and he will make an Oscar worthy film because it's all up. It's in the creativity of the yeah. mind. You give, I see so much stuff done and everyone's got the schmickest gear possible, but they're doing the same shit over the shoulder, one thing over the shoulder, the other, nothing. It's just boring. But it's like you said, what's the do-it-yourself world? You get together with a friend with whatever camera equipment you've got and you make something and you use your creativity to make something great. You show that to someone, you do a good job and it will come out and all of a sudden it takes off. Doesn't well, I also just think it like it, it increases your chances of being seen for things. You know what I mean, yep. you guys? Like even if it's just something you want to do, you and a friend and you put it up on your socials, a casting director may see that and be like, oh, you know what? I really love her look and mm -hmm. she's really right for this thing that I can't cast. Yep. So yep. it is kind of, you know, to yeah. Hold, to hold. We're me. living in a TikTok world. Exactly. Fucking TikTok. It's Help fucking... me, Jesus. I'm retiring. Hey, Peter, uh, you just want to, Peter, just turn the mic on, mate. Let's not chat. Yeah, Let's... Peter, we want to hear your voice. Come yeah. on, Pete. Yeah, 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 of course. I just didn't want to interrupt because I want to hear what's going on as well. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, you got the spotlight on you, big fella. Oh no, God, Pete. I'm so scared. I'm not used to this. Um, I guess an extension on like what you were talking about just before. Um, like what is your opinion of going all in for like someone who's kind of, you know, kind of early to late 20s, like moving over to America um, from a different country? Uh, like, because you said, I, I know you mentioned that kind of, and reading in your book as well, like that kind of five years oh, cool. of breathing space to, to keep working as an actor, um, getting a role, getting small roles, things like that. What's, I don't know, what's your take on that, like, all in kind of thing where you just ship up your life, you go overseas, you try and do whatever. Um, and like, do you have any tips if anyone were to do that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Pete, listen, I, I, and I don't want to, this is not like I'm not giving professional advice, right? Because also you have Stephen and James. That these, the, you, here's the one good thing. You guys are all repped with great people who have really great relationships with people here. So one of the things that I advocate, like you guys are all covered in a way, but a lot of times like in Zoom calls or my lectures or whatever, people will ask that question and they don't have any kind of representation. Actually, somebody just DM'd me on Instagram the other day and she asked me like, I don't remember where she was from. And she's like, should I come to LA? But I was like, whoa, you know, I think, okay. So my answer is if you love LA or New York or Atlanta or London, wherever, if you love the lifestyle of where you want to live or you want, you've come out here before and you like it and you can make a way, uh, make, you know, a, a way of it here, then you should do it. So that's the first thing, but you should go because of the feeling you have, you know what I mean? Of not, not just necessarily chasing the business, but, that, but, but the business is a part of it. So that's the first thing. And then I think also talk to your reps. And I do think you have to be coordinating with reps here. But, you know, I have somebody who has been at our Sydney school for a long time, and he does not, he would come out here for meet and greets and stuff like that. 
And, um, but he, I don't think he ever got his O one and he just booked the lead in the pilot this year. They flew him out. He self-taped in Sydney. They flew him out here for the test. He booked the test and then he went up to Vancouver and shot it, which he didn't, I don't think you need your O one one visa because yeah. in Vancouver, it's part of the Commonwealth. See, that's tricky. This is why all the Aussies are getting the work. <laughs> and it just got announced that it's, it's the new Kung Fu series. All right. So what's his name? Um, what's his name? John, John, John Presida. That's it. Yeah. Right. But, but John never lived here in LA. So he continued to do his work in Sydney and, and his training there and like, and, and kept getting on self-tapes and being submitted. Can I, so, can I just give one caveat to yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that it does limit the, um, your nets a lot. I always talk about nets and your nets a lot smaller doing it that way. You know, cause it does. Meaning James. Means Meaning. you can't, you can't go for it. You can't, you don't have access and you, you can't go for everything. You know, there is those boundaries that like, you know, True. Like HBO, for example, won't see anyone without an O one visa. That's right. With an O one. Yes. And then other people and then other people are like, hey, where are they? And you're like, oh, they're in San Diego. I mean Sydney. Yeah. I don't know. And it just get, yeah. it can get it's it's it can be done. You're just not accessing you don't have the the ability to tap into the full amount of volume as if you're geographically somewhere. But it can I be done. I think you're right. Yeah. But you guys I think I, Oh, go ahead. Can I just finish, Carlos? I mean, just, I mean, I think Pete, the other thing too is it's harder right now because of the Trump administration with O-1 visas. So I don't even know how that would work. You know what I mean? You can still get it. Carlos is here. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can still get so, it. It's just that everyone panicked. So what happened was to everyone, so the same amount of visas and actually the, they, the quota went up slightly when the Republicans took over. But what happened was everyone thought that it was going to get shut down. So all of a sudden people who are on O one, you know how you, when you, you're on an O one for a certain amount, you can, then you can apply for a green card. Oh, and then, okay, yeah. so what happened was everyone thought, Oh my God, my O one's going to get canceled. So all of a sudden everyone applied for the green card at one time. So the volume went through the roof. So all of a sudden the pay, so because of the fear of it all, um, but yeah, you can still, it's America, Tony, you know, you can pay for anything and that would. That well, that is true. You can. <laughs> <laughs> if the, the, um, if you give enough money to the department of immigration, We've seen magical things happen. It's a shame. Yeah. It's just the, yeah. the truth. No, it is the American way. So, but so I Pete, cut I you off halfway through, John. I cast you off halfway through, you, John. Story. But Pete, I think you got to follow your heart. You know what I mean? I don't think careers can be made anyway. Yeah, you've got good. It's it's funny when you have like Jenny from Kansas go, I'm moving to Hollywood, and then you're like, whoa! She rocks up in your doorstep. She's like, I'm ready to be an actress. What have you done? I did my high school play, and I was. They said I was fantastic. And you're like, they come oh every day. They drop off the bus station. You're like, what here in America, fuck? especially more so now than ever, the TikTok world yep. is going to be taking over the <laughs> acting world. It's like. <laughs> TikTok zombies. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fans Carlos, love me. Did you have something to say, Carlos? Did you? Just, I just wanted to add on to what James was saying about that fishnet, um, yeah. and just in this world that we're in now, and how it's all going to be self tapes moving forward. And um, whether you think that fish, you know, do you think it matters now in the next at least year or a few months as to whether that fishnet same rule applies as to whether you're you know overseas or because if it's all going to be through self-tapes, do you think? Well, listen, I, I, I didn't say it would only be, I mean, in the short term, yes, it will be on self-tapes because no cast director is going to risk anybody coming in with infection, <laughs> yeah. right? Like just until yeah. we figure that yeah. out. Yeah. So let's say like next six months. But I also think pre-pandemic, we were living more and more in a self-taping world. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
I, I do think that's going to continue. I have an Aussie. This is an amazing story. I have an Aussie who was in my masterclass for like two years. Um, uh, he was originally from Sydney and he was on a series, a big series. And he came to America and he just could not get arrested for like the last couple of years. And he has a wife and a kid, a newborn. And so he decided to go back to Sydney uh, to like start his family. Todd, I love Todd. And he was, he was doing some incredible work, could not get any kind of traction. Went back to Sydney did a self-tape on this huge Michael B. Jordan movie for like the second lead playing opposite Michael B. Jordan. From the self-tape from Sydney, he got the callback and the callback was a director Skype. So just like this, talking, just yeah. getting to know. Again, it speaks to your essence, who you are. The director called yeah. him from Berlin because that's where they were filming it and just wanted to know like, who are you? What's your story? Maybe they did, I think they did a, again, I think they did a little bit of a reading through Skype. That was it. He booked it. They flew him to Berlin. He filmed it before the pandemic happened. So, mm -hmm. you know, you guys, I think don't get bogged down in, well, that happened to him. So I got to do that. Everybody's way is going to be different. And you can't, it's like trying to get the answer even pre-COVID is like hurting cats. It's not possible. Not you have to trust your own heart, have great mentors, get advice and go where you gotta go. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't try to like do somebody else's journey. You gotta trust your own journey. Yep. That's scary, but it's yes. awesome. Yep, yep, people do it. But you know, and on the flip side of that, Todd's been All there. All the Aussies are like Todd's, Todd's been there. Feeling? Todd's been what in time is it there? Are you guys awake? Sorry, ten, James. It's what 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Oh shit, that's why. It's okay. fine. Yeah, but so, and uh, on the, on, you know, Todd's been, um, Todd's been doing it over there and he's been building relationships for 10 years almost, doesn't he, in LA? So yes. it's not, yeah, caveat to that story is also that he didn't just throw a self-tape down. He did the hard work and all, yeah, everyone, everyone, hard. everyone in town knows who he is. He can, he's done the yards. He, yeah, everyone from Danielle and Amber through to David and Barbara McCarthy, everyone knows who Todd DeSantis is. He's been around. So it's not like a but random self-tape. Yeah. The, the hopeful part of that story is he did go through like uh, he went through hell more than a two year period he was not getting tested for pilots. He wasn't no. getting callbacks and his work in class. I mean, I was kicking his butt, but he was doing good work. Like there was nothing fundamentally wrong with what he was doing. It's just, who knows timing, luck, yeah. changing your attitude, a paradigm shift, not being desperate, giving, giving up yeah. being, meaning having zero more fucks. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, like it kind of happens. That you know is, I mean? it is. It, it's yeah. true. Hey, Needy. Sorry, Charlie, I see you're coming on, but Needy did it. He um, just asked if I could queue him up for a question. So sure. where are you, Needy? Needy. Daniel? There he is. Hello, Daniel. Oh, Daniel's having some technical difficulties and you're on. Cool. Hey, Anthony. Um, so my question's kind of in regards to like from what I've seen from your videos and hearing you talk on podcasts, it's, it's like letting go and being more in the moment when you're doing your scenes and everything. And what I've been finding lately is like my script analysis is all there on the page. I do all the prep, but then it's not translating into performance. And yeah. I feel that sometimes it gets stuck in my head and yeah, kind of want to see if you've got any like exercises or kind of advice, like mindsets that can maybe get you out of that funk and just being more present when you do the work. Well, yes, maybe this is. Oh, he's going to, oh, he's going to, he's going to light you. Oh, he's going to hit yeah. you. Good. I, I can see the pondering thing. <laughs> oh, this no, is no, going to be good. No, no, no. <laughs> you thought, no, but this is great because I, it's sort of like download. Okay. This is, I never said it this way before. 
what you just said is all great and good, you guys, at some level. Although I think sometimes we wait, uh, yes, we need to understand what we're reading. But that to me is all common sense. A lot of things that I talk about in my books are like, well, duh, yeah. It's like, if I were to go in for an interview, I would know who's interviewing me. Is that prep? Is that homework? I don't know. It's just like common sense. I care. I'm invested. I'm, you know what I mean? So, but, but it's okay. Like we do whatever we have to do for sure. But think of like your... You're talking about your scene analysis, your preparation. Think of it like you guys are too young. Everybody now uses Google Maps. You use your freaking phones. But I was still of the generation where I would go on trips and we'd have to pull out the map. So you're, the, the challenge is this. You pull out the map. You see you're going on Interstate 49 and then you're making a detour to two and then you're getting off on Delaware Road. So you got it all laid out. Then what happens? You got to actually go on the drive. You have to experience the bumps, the detours, the roadblocks, the congestion. Ooh, this is so good. The problem is, is actors are often not taught how to throw away their planning, i.e. control, analysis, conjecture, concepts, ideas. So they're just mapping out what they've already learned as opposed to, okay, I know all that, throw it, now let me play ball. Do you play sports? Is that a good analogy? I'll give you another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. One. yeah, yeah. It's a really good one. I've never given that before. Do you play sports? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you play basketball? Not basketball, no. What do you play? Footy? Yeah, I played rugby. <laughs> yeah, cricket, swimming, okay. surfing. So are you, okay, I'm a swimmer, but maybe, maybe because of football, because you're using a ball, but like, are you good at it? I was pretty decent at sports, okay, yeah. good, yeah. You yeah. can compliment yourself. Okay, here's the thing. When you learn those skills, you learn them. But when you're playing with your friends or on the team, you're not over, you're in the moment. You're kicking the ball. You're moving the ball. You're doing, I don't play footy, so I don't know why I shouldn't use it. <laughs> you just are in it. You got to be in it. I can't be in it and hear kids. Yeah. It's just like life. When you see yourself seeing yourself, it's not. Now, from a Buddhist perspective, yes. From a con contemplative place, I'm getting all like, yes, we're going to go deep. <laughs> if you can stand outside of yourself and see yourself in a bigger context of why you are here and who you are and what the hell are we doing on this planet and what does it all mean? These are very important things to think about, you guys. The spiritual aspect of being alive, certainly even pre-pandemic. But, but, but that's a different awareness than the self-consciousness we have as actors. And to me, the actors who break through are not in their heads. They're just in play. And when you watch them, they make it look so fucking easy because they're just doing it. Now, it's not always going to be easy. Meryl Streep still, I, I haven't worked with Meryl Streep, but I like to use her because, you know, she's like the gold standard. But when you read the stories of people who work with her, they realize like, oh, they thought that she would have it all together on set and then they realized like, oh no, she's struggling and trying to figure it out and then finding her way through it. So not, it's not always going to be like skippity-doo-dah, but the more you can just be in it, immerse in it, we're, we're going to be interested in you. It's so, like being a kid again. It is. I liked when um, Amber and Danielle, because I think they're great casting, but also I think they've got a bit of coachy in them. Um, and how Amber, I think it was, or maybe it was Daniel, they said when they see someone come in with pre-planned shit, they start fucking with them, start changing the script. Yeah. 
they, they stuck they, they, they go hey it's okay. all about being in the moment with yeah. them you know and what who, i mean oh who was it oh what's her name um hold on, let me look at there's a casting director in la and she literally starts throwing balls at people when she stays when people oh, are around. yeah yeah um, well you know it? what danielle does because i like i said she's been in i've been in sessions with her for things that i'm working on and if somebody is is not present and is not there so instead of instead of being in the moment and listening and responding they're trying to think of their line or they're playing out their agenda or whatever these things are danielle uh, amber will be like oh my god and yeah. the scene will stop and she'll be like, you got a spider on your shoulder. And the girl, it's oftentimes it's a girl, but sometimes it's a guy. So we'll be like, ah. And then Amber will be like, see, now you're in the moment. <laughs> see, that's what it is. That's yeah. all it is. We got to get actors, fuck the text. You got to use the text. But oh, absolutely, ultimately, it's about fuck it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Deanna Brady. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You just got to know it yeah. and then throw it. I don't, maybe you're not at the throwing it stage yet. I yeah. love that question. You can see yeah. I'm very passionate about this. Yeah. It's Deanna Brigitte, by the way, who throws balls at people. Oh, she does. She okay. does. I need to yeah. know her. I don't know her. I need to know her. Though. Yeah. She um, throws balls and she, she does the same thing. She screws the, you know, stops reading the, um, just tries to break that fourth, that wall. Um, yeah. Chucky, what you got for us? Yeah. Um, hi, Anthony. Um, hi, where are you? There you are. I'm here. Yeah, I, um, yeah. Um, I guess it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. I like James, like my sports analogies too. Um, I just finished watching The Last Dance. And I guess it's, it's not so much, I mean, there's, there's, I guess, two parts to this. But the, the first one that I found really interesting was, you know, we talk about like particularly with competitiveness and drive and will and stuff like that. And particularly with someone like Michael Jordan. I think what was really interesting about that was, competitiveness in the industry was kind of becoming a bad thing. You know, I was seeing a lot of those things of I had friends, people would book work and people would be like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. But then like behind the scenes, it's like, Fuck you. <laughs> that sort of thing. And I remember um, Hugh Jackman said it once or something. He said, uh, one, one of the best things ever was, you know, like a buddy of mine booked a role and I just went to him. Hey man, I'm really happy for you, but also, fuck you. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and, and he said, it was that thing of like getting over that, you know, I guess the ego of it, but being able to keep the competitiveness and the drive and not have it, I guess, eat away at you like envy and jealousy does. And I, I guess it was just something that kind of came up into my mind when I was watching this and seeing, you know, Michael Jordan, how he'd be sitting there and, you know, people making jokes like this guy would, push him and he'd be like, that made it personal. Then I went out and dropped 50 on him the next night or something. <laughs> and that kind of, that thing of like, you know, as actors, we, we have that innate, well, not everyone, but to, I think everyone to a certain degree has this innate competitive competitiveness. And rather than being like, yeah, I'm competitive. I want to, I want to work, you know, I want to win. I want to book the job, whatever. We kind of try and find a way to be like, Oh no, but I don't, I don't want it that bad. You know, like, we try and push it away. And I remember you and McGregor and um, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Gary Oldman saying, you know, it's not enough to want to be good. You've got to want to be great. And you've just got to have that to push yourself going forward. If you want to succeed. Um, I guess that's part of my question there is like, what do you think about the concept of Competitive. Competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish we'd be recording this because this is really good because I've never been uh, asked that before. But Charles, we are recording thing. this, by the way, Tony. Oh, you are? Oh, amazing. Okay. This is amazing. Uh, Charles, here's the thing. 
if you and Jordan, because you're on my screen, you and Jordan are right next to each other. Yeah. Okay, if you were both going out for the same audition, or mm. all the guys on here, Jordan is not your competitor. Mm. Because who holds you back? Me, yeah. That's it. What? Yeah. Yeah. See, again, nobody taught me this. And I still, and not listen, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, you guys. We are human beings and we all self-sabotage. We get scared. We overthink. We, we do compare. Mm. So you see Jordan and you're like, oh, he's handsome and he's got a great look and like he's got a whole bunch of credits or whatever. And then you compare yourself to this fictionalized narrative you have in your head. Mm. But ultimately, there is no playing field of, uh, in a scenario in which it's against you and someone else mm. because it's, it's about essence, first of all. So when, you know, here's a, so that was my first point that, that I'd never said before that it's the competitor is in us sort of dealing with ourselves. I think yeah. that yeah. we project onto others, you know what I mean? Which I think is really deep to think about. Like my challenges in life, even though sometimes I, I could do that, like that fucking, blah, blah, blah. but it's really <laughs> me. What that person brings up in me is the stuff that I have to keep working through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt that, that what I was kind of taking away when I was watching that was Michael Jordan's competitiveness was almost, yes, he wanted to compete against someone else, but it was his own sense of, Oh, that person's, it was his own projection of what he felt had happened. That was driving his will to, go out the next night and yes. do well. So he was, he was perpetuating his own thing and that worked well for him, yeah. But also sport, even though I use sports a lot and it's a great analogy, but sport has a metric of skill that it acting does, yeah. does not. So we yeah. also have to remember that because mm. in acting, it's so subjective. Like mm. I can use, I'm a swimmer. If my hand touches the wall in point one minute, point zero seconds, and mm. your hand touches the wall in 1.02 seconds, mm. I've clearly won. <laughs> I'm the champion. I kicked your butt. Sorry, it's qualitative and quantitative. Yeah. Acting, oh, this is so good, I love it. Acting is subjective. So all of you men could come in and read for me and you're all great, but I liked you and my producers like Jordan. And then we have, and then we decide, well, no, then we don't want either of you because we, I don't know, we're disagreeing. So yeah. we go with, you know, the other Jordan up here. Jordan, yeah. Jordan. You know what I mean? And, so yeah. like, I, I think we have to start, I, Go ahead. What were you going to say? Does that make sense? I think these are all really great. Oh, yeah. Reminders. yeah. yeah. I, I think the only uh, second thing I was going to uh, add to that was, um, you know, I, I worked with uh, Larry Moss. I don't know if you know yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I don't know him personally, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I worked with Larry Moss uh, a few years ago and I remember him saying, um, you know, it was just something that always stuck in my head at the time and it, it's changed, I guess, over time as well. But he said, you know, it's, you want to get so good that they can't afford not to hire you. And what I realized was I went, okay, great. I went, that's a really great drive for a skill point. But going back to what you just said is like, yes, sport has that metric of skill. So does acting, but it is so subjective. And what I found was, you know, I was very much holding myself to that metric in the last year, you know, before that. And the, this is where it becomes a bit about, Thank you, because I stumbled across your videos through James mentioning it, and then I read your book, and that whole thing of like, you just managed to, I guess, distill all that talk that I went through from different acting teachers over the years about being yourself and stripping it back and being the best version of you, that overnight I found, 
Like, I think I got a tape that same day and I did it. And that went to, you know, a callback and a callback and then a job. And I was just like, okay, so there's, you know, so thank you for that for one. But it was just, it made such a big difference to be like, yes, the skill is one part of it, but it doesn't matter if you keep trying to be something you're not, which is you, you, your skill only comes from yourself. That's right. I mean, that's a big distinction. I would say like what Larry is saying is correct, essentially, except I think sometimes, again, I can only speak of this business, but again, it's a very American thing. But in this business in particular, is we oftentimes think in terms of doing the best in terms of, you know, being so good in terms of comparison. So then we're back to that sort of, oh, shit. When we compare ourselves to the greats, we have no idea the journey that the greats were on. And the greats aren't always great. So to me, I mean, they may be great, wonderful human beings, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. And that doesn't mean that they don't fail or fall apart or do movies that aren't big stink bombs. You know what I mean? So I think the more we can, all we can do is be our best selves and seek a greater and greater truth for ourselves and then, yeah, then you will, will be so honest that you'll be remembered. Mm. I, I just want to say one other point, because this is something I experienced in the room with Amber and Danielle, because we were casting pre-pandemic for this movie of mine. And they brought in some, it's all young, it's almost all young women in this movie. It's really, this really powerful young women's story. And they brought in some amazing 18, 16, 17, 18, even a 13 year old girl, right? And to me, something that I saw for the first time that I I never quite uh, was able to put it into words that I think actors could really benefit from. Each time a girl came in, and I, I know I'm very pro actor because I'm also a teacher as well as a director, but I think most directors are kind of like me. They may not be teachers, but they're pro actor because everybody wants to get the best actor. Nobody wants to hire you and then you suck on set. They want you to be amazing. They want you to be amazing in the casting office. They do. They want you to kill it, you guys. So anyway, so this one girl would come in. I would work with her, give her an adjustment. She slayed it. And I was like, okay, I don't have anything else. She'd leave. Then myself, the two producers, and Amber and Danielle would be like, oh my God, I love her. We'd talk about how much we love. Then Amber's like, we have another girl. So then they bring in the other girl. And then I would adjust that girl. Then she would leave. And then we'd talk about that girl. But we would not talk about each girl in comparison to the girl before in a negative way. It was only in terms of, well, I liked what she did there, and oh, she had a different look. See what I'm saying? So it's literally your audition, you guys. That's amazing. Again, nobody told me that in my 20s. You are not competing against anybody else who goes in that room. As soon as you go in, Charles, you leave, I've forgotten about you in a way because the next person who comes in has my attention. Yeah. Yeah. This is really, really golden, you guys. We, and then you have to trust the value of you, the power of you. And if you give me all of who you are, I will, I will remember you when you leave because you'll be a part of the mix. When I've seen everybody, then we sit down and we look at your headshots and we're like, I love that. He was this. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was a huge takeaway for me and something to remember you guys. Like when you are in the room, it is just you. Yeah. It's not you and Charlize Theron. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody else is in that fucking casting office with you. It's mm-hmm. just you and they are there with you. I promise you. That's good. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's yeah, not super exciting. I'm never, I'm now never using sports analogies because I realized that 
as much as I do, it fucks people <laughs> up at the same time because it's not a sport. It is not a sport. Yeah, there's, no comp- there's no competition. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. Not, no, no. Yeah, I'm always contradicting. Hey, Wally, Waldo, you're in. Yes. What's um, up, Wally? How you going, man? Um, I've got a question. You talk a lot about being like authentic and open and being unapologetic um, in our work and practicing in everyday life and being unfiltered, right? My question is about, I mean, what do you do in situations in life where you have to be filtered? So stuff yeah. like when you're at your day job um, or you're in some kind of circumstance where you have to, yeah, filter yourself or not be open or not be uh, unapologetic because there's other stuff at stake. How do you deal with that? And does it compromise? Like, does, does just doing that compromise your ability to then be open in the room? Are you no, saying jumping between it? Is that so? Just to clarify, so, so yeah, you're saying yeah. how do you jump between being very professional, filtered, everything in the workplace, yeah. and then going home and being like, I'm gonna strip it all down, and now I'm just me. Yeah, exactly. How do I how do I deal with having to kiss ass at work in my day job sometimes versus being yeah. unapologetic and owning myself when I'm in the room? That's a good question. I mean, I think people can relate to that, but I think the thing that pops out while well, is like at some level we're all playing roles every day right like if you if you have a job right now that's not acting related you go to a bank or you go to a restaurant and you're having to like do whatever it is you're kind of stepping into that role and i think i think there's things how do you learn to work within sort of the margins of that role that you're having to fulfill that doesn't like steal your spirit that's all yeah. it is you know what yeah. I mean? Like I used to, when I was in New York city, I, uh, to pay before I started breaking through and got acting jobs, I had to wait tables. So many young people nowadays are like, I hate waiting tables. I was like, why? Like to me, it was so amazing because I got to, I got, I met some friends that I'm still friends with 20 some years later. I like made a shit ton of money because I was really friendly and good at what I did. It was a way to perform in a way. So I think if you, if you take your creative brain and apply it more to what you do, you'll find freedom in that. Yes, I'm not, and listen, just because we're always talking in class about how do we give ourselves the permission to express more? I don't want you all to lose your job by telling, I mean, unless you need to (laughs) tell your job, fuck off, you're a racist asshole. Sometimes we have to do that. But (laughs) I I don't advocate that you lose your shit at work or you talk so honestly with people at work because we're not, we're, we're not there yet. You know what I mean? But I bet you're more open and accessible than you think you are, even in those situations. And you guys, that's all we can do. Oh, I'm going to totally start crying. I haven't cried yet today. (laughs) That's our job. That's the bigger job than acting, is to out in the world be more of a light of self-expression, not in acting. It's not just about freaking acting. It's about acting is an amazing vehicle for this at a hyper level. Like it's so like huge to me, but, but we have this opportunity to show people in the real world, how to also dwell in those spaces. And that to me if we don't do that more often, it will be at the detriment of our society. I really do feel like this is why everything is so money oriented and corporate driven and, you know, whatever it is that we have to have, it's not human beings interacting with each other at a human level. 
they're so identified with the roles that they play, they're making bad decisions. You know what I mean? Sorry, I went off, but that's like an important, you know, I teach from a very socially conscious place. So you're probably acutely aware of how, you know, maybe the judgment that comes with that, of being in a place where other people are like walking drones. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. all we can do, can I tell you a really quick anecdotal story? When, when this first happened in March and all shit was hitting the fan, I just emailed my insurance agent because my, my insurance was due for the house. And, you know, I have been, he has been my insurance agent for, I don't know, 10 years. And so we're friends. I mean, I, cons I don't consider him like a friend like I would with you, people that I work with intimately, but I have a relationship with him. So I was like, Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I hope you're surviving our first ever pandemic. And, you know, I really tried to engage with him at a human level. And then I was like, by the way, can you make my, can you give me a lower quote? Basically, we're in the middle of a pandemic and this quote seems high. Like it was a rational request. And I also couched it in a, in a human, we're all going through something humanly together. He emailed me back and he spoke such corporate speak. Tony, it was, I don't even think it was a dear Tony. It was just <laughs> Tony. I understand your frustration with the current market volatility and market, market practices that are now available to us. Like it was corporate bullshit. I want people to, he can still do his job, but people, people are trained to lose this sense of human connection, even in the time of crisis. And that struck me as so strange that we, we have to adopt these roles even when people are dying and we're faced with, you know, an apocalypse. Yeah. I'm being a little dramatic, but I do think it speaks to the challenge that we're all up against in a way. So while I didn't really answer it in a way, but just keep trusting your own heart. And if you get fired from the job, you'll find another job. It will find, you'll find another job. Yeah. yeah. I, life I is think too short. Listen, life is too freaking short to stay in a job that steals your soul. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you, did. you go, James. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I, I guess I can speak from experience because I come from, Fuck, I, I was a full high-end high private school guy where everything was so disciplined and regimented. My family's so conservative growing up and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. um, coming from a place where everything had to, and I, I guess I always mixed up being a robot and being very corporate with being polite. And there's two different things. So mm -hmm. I, can, I can chameleon now navigate my way through being at a very, very high-end function with lots of people. And I can still show my personality, but I'm polite. And people find that more interesting than just being like you said, Tony, that robot guy. You can still go back. You can be polite about it, but it doesn't mean you have to be a corporate robot who has no soul. And people enjoy people who are people. Everyone's just a person. They like, people like talking about things a bit more open, just family, not just the shitty small talk stuff. I learned that. It's just an easy way to navigate the world. And whilst around other people, I'd be like, you know, fucking this and that and that. And then the other times you can still have that same personality and flair, but you just be more polite about it. It's very different than being. Yeah. I mean, James, this is also analogous to acting, which is why casting directors want you to be a human being. Yep. You have to be human. You guys, they don't want to see this perfect execution of the material. You know, it's kind of what Daniel was talking about. You can, anybody can just say the lines perfectly. That's not going to get you the job. I mean, it can get you some jobs, but mm, that's nope. not really the long haul of it. Yep. Yep. Hey, Camila, Camilla. you have a question? Yeah. Camila. Camila Pontera Perez. Where are you? Here you go. Come on. You're, Hello. You're in. I, I, hi, Anthony. Just, um, hi. where are you? Thing. Oh, there you are. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Well, 
think everything you're saying, I'm like, amen, amen. And I'm so happy. Um, but I suppose my question comes from someone like your perspective where your philosophies are very spiritual and having a whole life and being a whole artist, which I love. Um, and I suppose my struggles go the other way. I love being in the room in a, in an artistic space and like doing that sort of work and without that pressure of perfection, but just being in a creative space. I love doing that. And why I love James and Steven so much is because I said, I'm not good at the hustling. So they mm. said, but don't worry, we do that for you. That's right. Um, however, with, um, with your perspective, we cannot deny, and I struggle with this, that it's, it is a business and we've talked about this, but I was wondering if you could talk about it from the other point of view, when all of us here, we're artists um, and we, we come in just from the passion. That's why we do it. It's because we love it, et cetera, et cetera. But it is at the end of the day, a business and there is the comparison. There is this, this pressure cooker and you have to exist in it. Unfortunately, it's not high school where you go, I'm just going to grab some paints and there's a stage and I'm going to perform for everyone and do what I want. We are trying to make a career out of this thing that we love to do. Um, can you talk about that? Just your experience, I suppose, of yes, yeah. we will always have that within us, but we cannot deny that it is a business. How do we bring ourselves to that? Um, and of course, as you said, we won't lose ourselves in the corporate. We won't, kill our souls um but yes can can you just speak more on that coming from the artist to a business yeah. world well Camille sense. I mean I, I think the, the first thing that jumps out at me though again all the people that I respect like Martin Scorsese Francis Ford Coppola uh, like all of them like I'm, I think filmmakers but also actors they do go through the belly of the beast and you will as you ascend in your career you will uh who was I talking to? I was talking to an agent the other day. It also happens on Stephen and James's side. I was talking to a guy who I've known for 20 years, who's a, a big agent at a big agency. And he called me like a month or so ago. He left the agency and he's now moved to a management company. And he said, you know what? I really lost why I was doing this over the last 20 years. Like he, he had a lot of famous clients and he got caught up in like, you know, all, in many ways, the bullshit of what Hollywood seems to be about. And if we're not vigilant, it's very seductive. And then, when I was mentioning like Francis Ford Coppola or like these filmmakers, I really respect, they've all been eaten up by the system in a way in which they've had to wrestle back their artistic soul. I mean, they all talk about it. Every artist at some level is gonna be, William Shakespeare, hello. I mean, I'm working on a Romeo. <laughs> William Shakespeare talked about it 500 fucking years ago. It's always going to be up against the artist and, and the business. Now, the business is essential. It pays your bills and it gets you seen and it gets you work. I think, so that's the first thing is just to know that it's also okay, you guys. It's okay. My boyfriend is always telling me if you would just sell your soul, you would be like, whatever. And I'm always like, what are you <laughs> but I, these are, these are I don't these are maybe false narratives, but I also know that people go through it. But my thing is, is, so to know that is also like, okay, that's part of the journey. But also I think you answered it yourself in a way. You have two really great managers here. 
You have people on your team who are taking care of the business side for you. Everybody on here, all you beautiful faces, you guys, you've already won the lottery because you have a fucking great team behind you. So at some level, do you know how many millions of actors there are that don't have reps? Or maybe that's a lot. But, but, but there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of actors who are equally talented, let's say. I'm not saying everybody on here isn't beautifully talented. I'm just saying talent is, again, subjective. They're, you know, and they're, they're not even, they don't have somebody who gets them. So the fact that you have somebody who gets you and can also procure you work, you're already ahead of the game. So I think you just need to keep going in and doing your work, which is being a creative person. It is still like, see, this is where you get into trouble. It is like art school. If you would go in an audition like it were art school, you'd be booking all the time. And then you'd be having to make, they would have to be make, well, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? Well, we can do this with the scheduling shoots here, but then after that you have to fly to America and then shoot this and then, but see, you don't do that because the actor gets ahead of themselves with things that may or may not happen like human beings do. If you get back to the basics of being a kid and creating again, everybody would be interested in you. That's the real truth of it, you guys. It's the, it's the catch 21, like it's, it's a trick in a way. You have to give zero fucks and then all of a sudden everything will come your way. It's a so weird, I, yeah. yeah. I suppose it's what Wally was talking about because um, I all my life has all, have had um, casual jobs and it is like putting on that, that act. It's a whole character that you have to put on with and you have to be adaptable. But it's what you say. I suppose it's in that discipline moment. Like right now, I'm in the space. Now I'm the child. I'm with the paintbrushes. Now I have to put on that like thinking cap of business. Is that kind of what like there is space? Yes. And, and you don't need to do yeah. that. The thinking cap of the business comes when Stephen or James gets you an audition. And then they're like, well, like it shows tits and ass. Are you comfortable doing that? And you might be like, ah, yeah, no, that's a business decision. <laughs> if you're comfortable, like letting it all hang out, then you go in and you play in that world. See what I'm saying? The business decisions come once something has been offered, you guys, or prior to that based on if it's something that you would want to do or not. You know, I had one other thought about that that I think is really important. Uh, again, I was mentioning this girl, Carrie Martin, who's the lead on this Netflix show, and she was working in this big office. And she said, you know, I had this happen at our Vancouver school as well. One of our teachers there, she was working for, um, um, fuck, he came to our school. Uh, 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 what's his name? The playwright. Uh, um, um, oh, my God. Neil Abute. She was working on Neil Labute's shows. Uh, he had a show on sci-fi. And she would work in the casting office for his shows. And she said, you know, and there would be all these huge American actors who were up there on other shows that would come in and audition or self-tapes. She said, you know, the difference between people who are not famous and people who are famous, no difference really talent-wise. The only difference that she started to see a, a trend in the room is the people who were famous give zero fucks, by and large. The ones who yeah. work, meaning they go in and they own the room. It's kind of like how we started the session. If they make a mistake, they, they're like, oh, you know what? Let me do that again. That's really weird. And then they would do it again. They take mm -hmm. control of the room. But you probably, like all of us, are like, oh, yes, terrible. <laughs> you don't think like, oh, shit, that was terrible. Because you, you, you don't remember to be a human being. Mm -hmm. If you came in and read for me, Camilla, and you were like, you started off and you were like, oh God, that was terrible. I'd be like, or you just, you know, it's not working well. I would laugh and be like, I'd be like, oh, I love this girl. She's so 
accessible. And then you might be like, oh, Tony, can you give me an adjustment or let me just do it again. And if you do it again and you kill it, you would be on every casting director's list, you guys. Again, it's not trying to play a trick. I'm talking about not giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. That's all I can really teach, really, that there's an art to it. What do you think the root of that is, Tony, of not giving a fuck? Where do you think that comes from? I think some people just have it. They don't care. (laughs) I don't think, you know, a lot of times, I've heard this before. He's also a famous Australian actor. I won't name names. I can't name names. Name names, Tony. No, no, I'm not going to name names. But he's, no, I just realized, because there's so many fucking great Aussie actors. He's a little bit older now. He's He's probably in his 40s, but he was huge 10 years ago. And I was talking to a producer who works, who worked with him on a huge movie. And, and she's like, I was like, what about his, you know, like I wanted to get to know more about him. And she's like, oh, I don't think he really cares about acting. He just wants to drive race cars. <laughs> and I think it's so, like, I was like, at that time, I was we know, so we all know We all know who this is now. But, but, but they all do in a way. <laughs> See, they all do. They don't really care about it in the way that you guys care about it. Yeah. And sure enough, like, and at the time I was so full of judgment because I was like, what? He's not <laughs> caring about his work? And she's like, no, he just would like come to set and he'd do his lines and then leave. And like, you know, he'd like, he's always talking about race cars. I think it's, to me now, when I look back, it speaks to, he has other interests, you guys. <laughs> he's not, everything is not just about acting. I think that's it. I think oh, it's, it's in the DNA. It's huge, yeah. You it know is. who that is. Yeah. Send me a private, send me a private text. Oh. <laughs> send me a private chat. And if you're right, I will. But I think he's amazing. This guy did some amazing movies in his late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Y'all know who it is. Is it that? I just said it to you. Oh, I didn't get it. Yes, it is. James gets the yeah. post pandemic. Well, he made, he made a bloody, he made a movie called, he made a movie about it. The Be- What's it called? Like the Beast or Ride the Beast? Oh, Everybody's going to Google it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of actors like that. You yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, it's true. Yep. Hey, um, who's up? Timmy P, you're up. You're in the seat. Thanks, yeah. mate. How's it going right here? Where are you, Tim? Oh, there you are. God, what's wrong with me today? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, mate? Nice to, yeah. nice to meet you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. Of course, yeah. Um, I, I actually live in LA. I haven't had a chance to take oh, your nice. class yet. But um, Damn. like, I'm just kidding. well, you know. You've only been there for, se- you been there for 10 years. Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. it ha- it's, no, it's not, not long enough yet. No, but, you know, George and Christian are big advocates of yours as a James uh, and yeah. Stephen and some of the people I work with at the bars out here and stuff too. So um, I'm very familiar with your philosophy and stuff. And I wish I'd come across it in my early 20s um, when I was doing things like Chubbuck, which is, you know, getting you to kind of dig so far deep inside that all joy is lost. Um, But uh, (laughs) the thing that I wanted to ask for you is, you know, you you let go of the work, you you speak, you you live um, in the moment. Obviously, all self-expression artistry and everything um it comes down to trusting yourself so the better that you know yourself the more truthful you can be in your own life so the more truthful you can make the choices for your character that's how you can relax and just live in the moment um there obviously has to come tweaks and stuff watching your work back and being able to like be critical and analyze it and kind of go okay so i was in the moment but that choice was ultimately maybe not correct um and I think that comes down to self-indulgence and that kind of works in terms of like even script writing and stuff. We're talking about DIY and stuff. 
Um, so I guess my question is, I watched, say, one, one of my takes back and it was okay. an argument scene and the two characters are um, going toe-to-toe. One's the son, one's the mother, but the son actually is the adult in, in the conversation and that was me. Okay. And it was a really fun scene and I know we're not supposed to pull apart like just one line, but there was one line that I watched back, like, why don't I like the delivery on that line? And I was like, it actually wasn't as strong as I thought. It was weak. It came across a little complainy. And so I was like, okay, how do I look at that, take that criticism, apply that to my own life in reality so that those kinds of choices aren't maybe what I'm going to make in the future? How do I not indulge that part of me well, Tim, and trust that I th- it's not going to come through? Yes, I think it's a good question, but I think it's a little microscopic in a way. Let me just say two quick things. One is, you know, in reference to all training, listen, I was trained very method uh, on my way to discover like that wasn't the answer. And I think, I think all teaching is valuable for where you are on your journey, but we have to keep evolving and be challenged. The work has to keep challenging us to ascend us. You know what I mean? So maybe in in reference to who you were talking about, but also maybe you weren't ready for what we're talking about now. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. Okay. But, but I think the thing is, is I don't, I think you should take the word indulge. Isn't the word you use self-indulgent? Is that, sorry, is that the word you kept using? Yeah, and so if I could, yeah. Well, the reason why it comes across for me is because honestly, it's the it's it's this cloud that I find hovers over all of my creativity, whether it's acting, whether it's script writing, whether it's music or any of that. I find that as more more in tune with the voice that I want to, you know, the point of view I want to get across, the more I start worrying, and that fear comes in of like you're being self indulgent in this, like. Where's the difference between self-expression and self-indulgence? Self-indulgence. Okay, I got it. Well, listen, I mean, that's always going to be, again, the sort of, um, you know, acting as much as, again, I think this is why it's a slippery slope. As much as we were talking earlier about, like, be so great that they can't, uh, you know, deny you or whatever, that's not always the case either because some film performance is Martin uh, in it was another Martin Scorsese movie. Robert De, was it Robert De Niro when he said in Taxi Driver when he said, "Are you looking at me? Are you looking at me?" This is a true story. That was not in the script. Now he won an Oscar for that and he was brilliant in it. That moment. He was sitting in the corner learning his lines or whatever, and a gaffer was trying to get some of the electrical out of the way or something. And, and he said to him, are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? And I think Marty was there and just started filming it. And my, so my point is, is some of the things that we think are acting have nothing fucking to do with acting. This is why I'm not precious about it. You use whatever the F you need to do to get honest. So that ended up in the movie, in in Taxi Driver. See what I'm saying? Mm, He wasn't in character, or maybe he was, or maybe he was exploring something, or maybe he he was taking the piss out on something, and then all of a sudden the director was like, just keep saying it, just keep saying it, I'm going to use it. That's when it becomes meta, is when we're just all hanging out on set, and we're exploring something, and we have the time, the luxury, and the money to just shoot a whole bunch of stuff. And at some level, it is indulgent, Acting is indulgent at some level. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, we're not solving COVID. We're just acting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, if we can, but if we can work with that architecture and know that that's also what, what builds an interesting house, then you wouldn't beat yourself up so much thinking, oh, I'm so inauthentic. I'm being inauthentic because on that moment right there, I just phoned it in. 
People phone it in all the time, you guys. It doesn't mean they're not good actors. Again, I, to me, the cult of acting training sometimes that is so much about the greats. I have never been, maybe because I've always been the little one on the outside looking in, that I've always wanted to try to break. That's the problem with anything. Elitism keeps all everybody else out, and I'm not interested in that. I don't even talk about famous people that I teach because it's not interesting to me at one level because everybody's interesting, whether they're famous or not. Everybody on here is as famous as any, is, is as interesting as anybody else. All it takes is one person to see that and then all of a sudden, there you're off to the races. See what I'm saying? So I think the thing is, is what if you just looked at your work and see if the intention overall is correct? Working. Oh, that's a pretty good take. You guys, I think the problem with self-tapes and what you're going to see is I have the self-taping class. And like, again, some of you have been on it. You see like a lot of times when you do a self-tape, you'll do a take and then you'll be like, okay, let me do another one. And you do another one. And it's pretty much exactly the same as what you just did. And then you do a third one and it's all the fucking same. And then you just send one of those off and the bandwidth of which you're creating from is like this small. You, if the world stays in a self-tape world, you, you would be ahead of the game if you would really mix it up and do things that are like, it doesn't mean you're going to send that one in but you do things as a warm up. You do things to be crazy. You do things to get out of your own head and your own indulgence. And then without thinking about it, then you just put one down and it's, you're probably gonna be in the flow of it. See what I'm saying? Oftentimes when we're in the headspace, we, we start to work on, we, we only see those micro uh, indulgences and then you're not able to see the whole thing. I think that's Wait, a, I think it's a good point that you brought up too, because we get it all the time when people said, Hey, here's three takes and I watch them. And now I've got to the point. And um, they're all the same. And you I'm like, Hey, only send good takes when it's completely different. Like you've done one and the direction is so far different. And, but I guess actors are so microscopic about, but at three minutes, 20, did you see that thing I did with my lips and my eye? What about that? I think that Nobody changed it. I'm like, that. It's just, you, you know, after the first 10 or 15 seconds, you go, okay, right. cool. This is the essence. I've got it. Yep. Cool. Great. I'll watch the end. But yep. But Tim, cool. they go on that pile. They go on that pile. Yeah. But I think what James is speaking to is addressing that you guys, you cannot focus on the minutia of something. Nobody's noticing that. We're yeah. also, we're just watching the story mm. again. We're just watching the story. And if you don't get in the way of telling the story, this see, it's so simple. If you don't get in the way of telling the story, you're just really honestly the way you do it. We're going to be interested. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to get the job because there's other great actors who are also right for the story. You know what I mean? That's the shit show of the business because it's, you know, there's billions of actors. Yeah. Benny, Benny T, are you in? Where, where is he? Um, What's up, Benny? Um, there you go. Okay, so when you were talking about, you know, it's like I think, you know, expression and, and you know, being whole with, you, with who you are and, knowing who you are one thing that i that really like that i have learned after booking a job and working five days a week of being the same character is that i know how to get into a character but not how to get out and so that's something that that's a huge thing that i had to learn because i'll find myself doing 10 scenes or eight scenes a day and i'd have to feel like absolute shit in the scenes and i have to feel like i'm you know hurting or, or upset or feel like betrayal or all this kind of stuff. And then I'll go home and I'll feel the same thing and I'll start crying and I'll be just ripped apart and I just won't know what's going on. So one thing that I've learned with booking a job and having to be a same character every single day is that 
I have to, I have to put so much, uh, it's almost more, way more effort into myself and who I am with, uh, with my expression and, and my creativity at home, just as much as I do at work. Um, and I, I wasn't really taught that, but that was a huge surprise to me. I just kind of would get home and I'd be like, why am I feeling like this? Um, but is there any kind of, I don't know, like I, I've found my certain ways because with my, with, with how I want to do things and how I, my, like, um, I don't know, like with cre other creativity and other things and, and not actually all being about acting. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a huge thing that you said, like is not being completely about acting. If I have so many other things in my back pocket and that I'm passionate about, that's helped me so much within my acting. Um, but is there any kind of, advice that you'd give in in not taking the work home with you because that that's that's that, that i've grown so much with, with with trying to figure that out is how to you know leave that at home and i'll yeah. leave that at work and stuff like that but because that's 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 probably one of the main things i've learned since just since working full time benny are you still on the show is it neighbors yes. wait which show is it yeah neighbors yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and you, you guys are because i have another student at our sydney school who just i think it's that show it is. Uh, it's Charlotte. It's Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte. But yeah, you yeah. guys are filming during the. You guys are going to continue filming, right? Because yes. you can maintain. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we Charlotte's started filming. Probably, we started filming probably like four weeks ago, but Charlotte. Oh, cool. Started. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you met her yet? You know her from the school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, school, right? I, we did the. Yeah, your class. Of course, together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, listen. I think you bring up some good questions, but I think maybe. How old are you again? You're 19, 20. 21. 21. Okay. I mean, it's going to get easier. I also think sometimes the reason why you go home with it is because at that age, it's a beautiful part of being so young, you guys, is yeah. like you're still discovering a lot of feelings and exploring them. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been with my boyfriend now for two years and he's a bit younger than me. He's older than you, but he's, 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 he's younger than me. But I sometimes laugh about how like when I was in my 20s, I would just listen to like the cranberries. Do you remember the cranberries, you guys? No, nobody even. Yeah, okay. Like really sad 90s music and just be really sad all the time because that's what being early 20s is about. It would, would be about indulging in a way those things because they felt good in a way to feel bad. As you, as you start to open up, the volume of feeling, you're not going to want to stay in it that much longer because you're going to realize like your real state is joy. Your real state is ecstasy. Your real state is self-expression and that there's nothing wrong with feeling sadness and upset and anger and all those things, but you'll start to see like the baseline feeling that supports those, that stuff is joy. So I think Benny, maybe one thing that will help you is, you know, Meryl Streep talks about like, she just wants to go home at the end of the day. And when she goes home and they call cut, we're wrapped for the day. She's like, whoa, now I can go home and have like, she's like, I don't bring all that stuff home with me. She, a lot of actors talk about that, that as you get older, you realize like it, it wants to be more fluid. And sometimes we make it become, I think, a little more serious than it has to be. So I think you're just going to have to keep, I don't know, maybe you need to do a touchstone. I know, I'm, I'm thinking a number of things. I'm also trying to keep it brief. If I had more time with you one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. we could talk through it more. But maybe you just need to, like, tap out and, like, you know, like... I've been doing a lot of meditating, which is helping Okay, me yeah. Yeah. But you, you don't, you don't, you know, I think it might just also be because I think these are big new feelings for you in a way. You know what I mean? 
So and it's, it's, it's not like I know that I'm taking it home. It's just that I'll yeah. get home, sit down and do the things that I want to do. But then I'll be like, hold up, I've got this weight behind me. And I was like, where yeah. is this coming from? And it's coming from just being like 12 hours a day, feeling like having to feel like shit. Well, listen, that's also acting those too. Like even, you know, again, I don't think we have to be all method about it because we want to let these things go so we can fill ourselves back up again. But, but, but doing things can really be emotionally exhausting. You know what I mean? When I teach, like I'm teaching right now, I'm in it. And like later on, I'll be like, whoa, that's intense. Because if you're really focused and really in the moment and going to the places where a show is asking you to go, then you're invested. And that, that will have a toll, but you'll learn how to manage it more. You know what I mean? And one last thing, Benny, in life, like, here's the thing. During this pandemic, have you felt sad? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> as say yes as to, sounds, well, but... wait, wait, wait. Say yes to most of these things, unless <laughs> yeah. you have it. I'll, maybe sounds I'll choose like, somebody oh, else. But, okay. Well, that's okay. Have you felt frustrated? Yes. Angry? Yeah. Upset? Yeah. If you, see, if you, if you hear the... The, some of the deaths and some of the yeah. terrible sadness about things, you probably sad, would feel yes. sad. Yes, yes okay. Totally. Have you also yeah. felt excited? Yeah. 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 Like uh, curious and open and yeah, see, totally. I can go on and on. So see, it changes. We, in life, we don't, we're just, we're not just in pandemic sadness. You guys, your, your emotional body is changing all the time. So maybe don't be so, so precious about it. Make sense? Let it change. Like it changes like you in life. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Tao, I just wanted to think the two, yeah, last two, we've got are our two youngest. Yes. We've got Gabby, who's 14, I think. And Freddie. Oh, sorry. Well. I said so many swear words, Gabby. Oh, yeah. she, she, oh she, she, 15, she, grew, but I'm she, grew, she grew up in a Oh, you're five, five, man. You're 15. <laughs> <laughs> Ask away, Gabby. Hi, Anthony. Um, so this question is kind of, I guess, um, branched off of what Tim was talking about a little earlier and something that I personally do is while I'm in a conversation with somebody else, I'll kind of separate from myself and I will, I guess, kind of focus in on the little things that I'm doing while I'm talking to someone just in my daily life, because to me acting is like a conversation. It is, it is just a conversation between two people. It's not, I'm happy, so I'm doing this. I'm sad. That's so I'm right. Doing this. It is just reacting and just listening and having all those emotions come up, you know, naturally. So I am naturally kind of very down-to-earth person. You know, I sit back, I listen, I analyze. So when I am in these scenes, I find that something or note that I'm getting a lot is energy up. And it's not necessarily like, be more excited or be more this it's just the actual feeling of it all the aura of just everything Mm -hmm. being more lifted and i wanted to i guess ask you what would be the i guess best way to approach that of getting your energy lifted without having to drastically change any well gabby i listen i mean I mean, I'm curious who's saying that to you because at some level at 15 and just the way you're talking about acting, this is why I love teens because teens, a lot of the teens that I have taught just get it because they're already doing naturally what acting is asking them to do, which is what I've been saying in my self-tape classes and what we've been seeing is acting is just listening and talking. That's really it. So you just said it and you haven't even been in my self-tape class. 
if you watch a show, if I watch a show on Netflix tonight, the story is being told by you and I, let's say if we're two characters in it, we're talking to each other on a plane. Then we're talking to each other in the bathroom. Then we're talking to each other in the car. Then we're talking to each other in the restaurant at some level. The, the, the yeah. basic, basic, you know, we could ask Benny. Benny's on a show. Like he's talking to his girlfriend in a restaurant and then they're talking. Now, here's where the energy may need to change. Maybe the things that you've been working on sit in. And I think as a teenager, a lot of the things that you are going out for probably sit in that kind of chillaxed space. But maybe what you should be working on in class or self-taping or working on is what if you started choosing more evocative material that you're not going to be able to just sit. It's still talking. Everybody's just talking to tell story, right? Listening and talking. But all of a sudden, I don't know, zombies are outside the door or there's a nuclear explosion or you're in the middle of a pandemic or you're pregnant or see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden somebody's trying to take your baby. I don't know. Then all of a sudden what's at stake is moving you in a more, I don't want to say dramatic fashion, but something else is going to be alive. Hey, can, can I just, one thing I just, cause I can yeah, try a bit more background about why this is. So for example, Gabby has, she was on reminiscence last year with on the Lisa joy film. And so film wise she, and those, that sort of serious stuff, she, that she doesn't have this what she gets these notes from about the high energy is more when it's like when she was at network for um cw show for walker and when she was going for these you know um when she was at abc for another so it's the different tones so i think uh-huh. that's the bit that challenges so in the film uh-huh. world gabby is so centered it's, it's very perfect. still it's perfect but Got then when it. she goes to network shows and or like the cw stuff that tone's different. So she's having that trouble. Yes. Though, how do I okay, get Okay. So that, yeah. that's, that's more clarification. So yeah. Gabby, sometimes you have to watch those shows and I don't want to advocate bad acting, but sometimes you have to like, mm, they're still always looking for the best actor, even though sometimes certain shows are fixated on a look. You know what I mean? I like you were talking about earlier of finding your strong suit, not like with the range of not trying to be absolutely amazing at everything and focusing in on what you're good at and, challenging yourself with it. So I guess, I don't know, I want to play with a bunch of different things and something that I played with, with like, I guess on the more comedic side of things, because my strong suit is more towards dramatic and serious crying sort of end of the world stuff. Um, With the comedic side, I wanted to play with it. And I've always been somebody who's been extremely like, professional and like uh always have to give the right answer and then once I started acting that just completely went away and I was finally free and my creative side started to come out and that's absolutely what I love about it and I wanted to challenge myself with comedy as just playing with it and having fun and being more creative breaking the boundaries with it well listen I I Here's my thought about that. I wanted to just address that one thing I was saying about procedural shows because there's nothing wrong with them. But my point about the intensity sometimes, and it would be good for some of you to watch some of them with, again, through that lens, is they only have like 45 minutes once you you take out all the commercials, right, to tell a story. And those stories are self-contained usually within the hour. So it's not like an HBO show or a cable show where they have like a whole each 
episode is its own self-contained beginning, middle, and end. So the acting and the storytelling is already going to be a little bit more arched or intense because they have to keep propelling the story forward. Make sense? I just wanted to make yes, that distinction. Absolutely. Okay, good. Nice, yeah. That's for everybody. I think that's a good point. That is um, a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. I mean, and that's why people in the Midwest like those shows because it's like, I, listen, I love Law & Order. Law & Order is like, you wrap that, that shit up and oh, that's good. I love it. Like I got 45 minutes of like, dun, dun, dun. Okay. But my, my thing about comedy, what then what you should be working on is huge over the top comedy to keep developing this muscle of stretching and going further and getting your energy up. Like if you were at our school, you would be, I would, if I were working with you or any of our teachers would be working with you, we would force you. Cause I could tell you like, you're more like an adult lady kid. Like I see <laughs> how, yeah. See, you're more like mature. You're like a 40 year old trapped in a 15 year old girl's body, but we got to get you to get into the Melissa McCarthy part of you, the Kristen Wig part of you, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So working on material comedically that won't allow you to just sit back, you'll start to generate that, uh, that muscle. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And Gabrielle, I think you're really right for my movie. So I'll talk to your team to like get a self tape. Are you in Atlanta? Yes, she yes, is. I yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. When you I were mean, talking, they're all 15 year olds. I mean, I like, these, I heard, this is I, you guys. This is how it happens too. I'm not saying who knows what the fuck is going to happen. Who knows? The whole world could crash tomorrow. I don't know. But <laughs> by by meeting people, staying active, being out in the world, like people that I work with, I want to work with them. I try to do everything I can to work with people that. I teach, I coach, I work with, or, I mean, this is how it happens. It's not just by auditioning to a stranger. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, yeah, one of my friends you. was talking about it, but yeah. Okay, cool. And Maybe last, one more question. I know you all have to go have breakfast. That's it. This is, uh, it is the last one. It's uh, Freddie, okay. Freddie from England. Uh, all guys. right, Freddie, another teen sensation. It's about, hey, by the way, it is about two o'clock in the morning or something oh, in shit. England. Freddy, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right, it is. Yeah. Freddie? How old are you, Freddie? Uh, I'm 14. Oh, shit. Okay, you need to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Um, with my scripts, I like to focus on getting words, like, you know, very... I like to stay on the script. I don't like to change, you know, words in the script. Okay. So what I'm asking is, when I'm doing my self-tapes... Should I stick with the script or can I change some words? Not intentionally, like by accident. Yeah, yeah, I get and... it. Great question. Yeah. So, Freddie, here's the thing. Nobody, you guys, nobody, nobody cares if you invert words, change words. Now, listen, you cannot go into a free-for-all improv. <laughs> you can't rewrite the whole script. <laughs> but let's say the line is, I need to go and make dinner because I'm super hungry. And you say... I'm super hungry. I need to go make dinner. So you just inverted it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> as long as the intention is there and you don't, I mean, in the self tape, you can correct it. But the problem is, is if you're so cognizant about saying things word perfect, it's only going to be about saying words perfectly. We will not care within the first five seconds. We will turn off that tape. Sorry, kids. It's not about how well you say text. It's about, it's all the stuff that's happening in between the text. So if you say home and it's supposed to say house, leave it. If you're like, get out and you're supposed to say leave, leave it. Again, it's, it's, it's not, it's about the intention, you guys. It's about the intention. Does that make sense, Freddie? So 
kids, the yeah. great thing is, is kids can learn really quickly. So I bet you're a quick study and you pick up the lines, but don't worry. Don't, don't sabotage yourself if you make a mistake in the text and it still makes sense and correct it because it might be the best take. The best takes that actors usually have are when they mess up. <laughs> it is. It it's is. just pretty much it. It's when, when you're you trying say- to be really perfect, they are going to turn that shit off because it's <laughs> acting. Stop fucking acting, as you say. That's right. So, Who is that Aussie? Are you guys all jealous of him? Dacre Montgomery, isn't that his name? Dacre? Dacre? Dacre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, some people are rolling their eyes. I love it. But look, if you look at his, if you look at his, his, <laughs> great, he's like, God damn it. But here's the thing. <laughs> he's perfect for that role. It's the right casting. You know what I mean? But if you look at his, the tape that went around that was like, you know, everybody's like, ah, oh, such an amazing tape. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's good. He's great on that show. That's him. And he's just kind of like doing it Dacre's way. Are y'all with me? Yep. yep. I don't think Dacre was, was concerned if he, if he missaid a word is my point. Yeah. Yep. Be more like okay. Dacre, people. I'm just kidding. Be yourselves <laughs> and you'll be fine. Perfect. Is everybody right. like, womp, womp? Very much. All right, I love you guys. Why? Are you the, why? Are the, I love the Aussies. They're usually so so loud and rambunctious. So y'all trying no, to be That's because I, I muted them all. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, that's smart. <laughs> James, <laughs> you should have a stand-up comedy act. I I, I forgot how funny you are. Oh, and thanks, Stephen man. is funny too, but you muted him. Good, good, good move. Yeah, um, yeah. Can't have too many so cooks guys. I just listen. I just want to. You know, I am going to totally start crying. I love you guys, and I really miss you all. I was supposed to come to Australia to teach, and it is really hard to like. It is, isn't it? You should just come. I said that to you. You should just come down here. We're having a hell time the whole time. Us golfing, surfing, hanging out, drinking. Notice how James is not comfortable with feeling. Did you notice that, you guys? <laughs> how can you pick that up already? <laughs> See, James is like, oh my God, Tony's having real feeling. I got to talk about it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All the other actors are just like probably having their feelings. They're crying. Thing, James. This is why you're, you're their rep. This, they're no, crying. I mean, I'm sitting here smoking know, a cigarette, drinking a beer. Oh gosh, I mean, I know so many of you guys. You're doing so awesome. Listen, keep it up. Um, I'm here if you need anything. And we'll get through this. And the industry is going to readapt. And it could be a really exciting time. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It will be. Anything you need, I'm always available. Just don't send me your headshots on Instagram. I will not look at your, <laughs> if you DM me your headshots, Tony, which one do you like the best? I will not look. <laughs> Does that happen? Sometimes. Ooh. Yeah, we get some weird shit, don't we? Us people and as the I mean, I know almost everybody on here. So if one of you guys did it, I would be like, yes, I like that. It's fine. But strangers send me their stuff. And I'm like, I cannot, like, I would have no life. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? We, we, we see some weird things too, Tony. Yeah. Our unsolicited um, inboxes are, is it? Oh yeah. Spider web yeah. of terrors. Yes. <laughs> you guys, you're in amazing hands. I think your team gets you guys and they get the business and keep being you. And Steven sat in on my self tape class and I think he learned a lot. And I know you guys get all these things. It's just practice, practice, practice. It gets easier. Try not to overthink it so much and stop holding yourselves back. That's the best advice I can give. Yeah. You know, you all know when you're holding yourselves back. So just try to stop doing it. <laughs> hmm. And I also want to say like now, I think one of the, the best things that come out of this whole stopping of the world was the fact that like you coming on zoom in doing your classes virtually 
now people used to have to wait for you to come to Sydney or wait for you to come to Melbourne or go to Vancouver. That's true. You can have access to the man himself on Zoom in the self-tape class. Well, so that's I, true. You guys can take my self-tape class. I teach yep. every Thursday and Saturday and we can amend it for, we did one where we amend it for Aussie hours and I need to do that for London hours as well. But I do have people from Europe on yeah. it. But also our Sydney school is operational. I mean, we're not in person yet, but I hear things are going well in Australia yeah, that you guys are going to flatten this curve. So they'll be up and running again in person and, and then hopefully I'll get down there. Be back. Yep. And um, also I just, you've got more resources online than the Dalai Lama. So there's YouTube more, what? Pod, more resources online than the Dalai Lama. Oh, you do. That's right. But too, I, 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 I have to- a new book coming out. You yes. do, do you? you guys, another book. Subscribe on, <laughs> subscribe by Amazon. No, it's not there. Yes, it's exactly. No, it's not even up on Amazon yet. So um, hopefully it will help. When's it coming out? Well, they just resized it. They, they, it's all done and it was supposed to come out like two weeks ago, but they sent it to us as a proof and the, the sizing was wrong. So we're just resizing it. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, I will post about it because I'm super excited about it. And you can get the first two chapters for free right now and you can read it to decide if you want to invest. <laughs> so you can go to our website and, or hit me up and I'll send you the link. Perfect. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I love you guys. I'm so hey. glad that we met and I, I really appreciate what you guys do for actors and you guys, I'm, I believe in you. We'll get through this and yep. hit me up. If you want to check out our online classes, visit anthonymindel.com events. Thank you for listening.